Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season four, episode eight of The Vampire Diaries, which is called We'll Always Have Bourbon Street. And what a fun one this was. This is fun. You know, before this episode started, I was like, I have some fears about how this is going to go down. I said, someone's going to indelicately tell Elena about this. And I was right. Prediction was correct. (laughs) So as always, I'll start by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. When Stefan confronts Damon with a suspicion about Elena, Damon has no choice but to help Stefan investigate. Searching for answers, Damon and Stefan visit modern-day New Orleans to see if they can find anyone who remembers the events of their last visit in 1942, including one of Damon's former flames, Charlotte. Elena, Caroline, and Bonnie share a girls' night while the Salvatore brothers are out of town, and emotions run high when Elena delivers some shocking news. At Haley's urging, Tyler confronts one of Klaus's hybrids, Kimberly. I don't know why it says Kimberly in here when they only refer to her as Kim. And the situation quickly escalates into violence. Finally, Damon is faced with a heartbreaking decision. Damon really goes from the top of the mountain to the bottom of the valley in about 15 minutes. Yeah, it is not a good day for him. Like, you just got to feel bad for him in this because he's like, finally, she's decided she's in love with me. And then it's like, we open the episode at the Salvatore house. We are in Damon's bed. It is the morning after a night of sweet, passionate love. And Damon wakes up, but Elena's not in bed. And he's like, hello. But then she comes out of the bathroom. She got up. She put her bra back on. She put one of Damon's shirts on. She's buttoned it ever so. And she's like, hey. She knows what she's doing here. She said, this is my move, babe. She got up and prepared the look. The bra is out too much for it to have been something she slept in. Yeah, she found a fitted enough shirt that it like highlighted the bra just so. She's... She's done this one before. Yeah. And she'll do it again, bitch. (laughs) If it works, it works. It works every time. I'm sure of it. And she jumps back into bed. He says, oh, I thought you might have left. She says, oh, I don't have to be at school for at least 20 minutes ago. He, 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 he. They make out. Stay home at this point. Yeah. Why bother going to school? They're looking at each other. And she's like, what's that face? And he says, what face? And she says, that face. And he's like, just looking normal. But he says, I'm happy. And they kiss. They're so happy right now. I'm glad they're enjoying it. (laughs) They needed this. Then we go over to the Forbes house and Caroline is checking in with Stefan in the morning. He's folding up the blanket because he slept on the couch. And Caroline says, this is a disaster. And Stefan says, look, we don't know anything for sure. Caroline says, yeah, we sure do. (laughs) Caroline's like, hell yeah, we know for sure. I know for sure, at least. She says, Elena's sire to Damon. So her one singular desire is to make him happy, like Klaus and his hybrids. And Stefan says, no, vampire sired to another vampire is one in a million. Maybe it won't affect her the same way. Elena, who famously is great at not being affected by things. Yeah, Elena, that bitch is like Teflon. (laughs) Everything bounces right off her. She has not cried in months. Psych. And she won't. (laughs) Psych. Then we go back into the Salvatore house. Damon and Elena are making out sexily. They make it look like she's about to give him a blowjob. Obvious reference, like she'll do whatever he wants. A little a little something for oh, the no. adults. Uh, the implication is clear. <laughs> a little something for the moms watching. They said, don't I know it? They said, tell me about it. And the daughter's like, shut up. I was like, you can't watch this with me if you're going to talk. And the mom's <laughs> like, that Damon. <laughs> 
And then at the Forbes house, Caroline says, we already know how this has been affecting Elena. She's become Damon's lapdog. Everything he says, she agrees and she does. Now, Caroline is being dramatic, but this is what she's known for. This is how it has looked to Caroline because of how last week went specifically. Yes. And again, we've talked about this before. This like isn't totally out of the blue for Elena, but it is out of the blue for everyone else because Elena hasn't been communicating any of these things. Yeah. So everyone's like, yeah, she like hangs out with Damon, but it's because she like cares about Stefan and like, you know, cares about how their lives go. But Elena has been nursing these feelings for a while and she's been quiet about it. They've been deeper than she's ever made clear because everyone kind of suspected it when Stefan was out of town, but she's been really shutting it down since Stefan came back to town. I think everyone saw that she was like attracted to Damon. And then they're like, well, that's normal. You know, they're like, that's fair. She's clinging to him. Stefan's gone. I don't think they thought there were real feelings there. Yeah. And because Elena's been making them believe they weren't. Yeah. We go back over to the Salvatore house briefly to see them making out some more. Then we go back over to the Forbes house. It's like, how do we get Kaylin and Stefan out of this? It's like, yikes. <laughs> get them okay. out of here. Really? <laughs> you, more, you two have more to say. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Caroline says, we have to do something. And she takes out her phone. And Stefan says, hey, this isn't gossip. Yes, the fuck it is. Then, then what is it, bitch? This is the juiciest gossip we've had in weeks. Stefan says, we can't drop it on her until we know what's happening for sure. Very smart response. Thank you, Stefan. Yeah, that is a smart response because Elena specifically is not equipped to handle this. Let's all be honest. Well, and especially, you know, not for nothing. If she is indeed sired to Damon, you're going to come in and say like, oh, what you're feeling for Damon isn't real. She's like, no. Yeah, <laughs> she's going to just jump right into denial and it'd be fair. And she does uh, later. Yeah. Caroline says, well, I need to talk to Tyler. Like, maybe he'll know what to do. And Stefan says, okay, fine. Talk to Tyler, but please don't tell anyone else. If this is true, it may have influenced Elena's every action and emotion since she became a vampire. So this is the time to talk to Tyler, the known brains of the group. Yeah. (laughs) The real egghead they've got on the team. (laughs) Little Poindexter over there. (laughs) Then we go back over to the Salvador house. Elena and Damon, surprise, surprise. Making out some more. And Elena is scratching his back. She is drawing blood. She She is is here to fuck. She's like, I have been waiting for this one. Yeah. And then we go over to the abandoned burn where they're breaking the sire bond. Doesn't matter where it is. Adrian is like wailing, whatever. He's turning. And he's like, please don't make me do it anymore. And Tyler says, you got to block out the pain king. And Kim says, that's enough. And Haley says, oh, he needs to finish. First of all, don't let Kim here. Yeah. Obviously, Kim's not going to want to watch her boyfriend, question mark, turn a bunch. You would think that Kim would be like, no, you have to do it. Like, suck it up. You think Kim would be like, you're going to get through it and you'll it'll be better. Like, I did it. Well, maybe that's why they had Kim there. And then she just like, sorry, he's he can't handle the pain that all the rest of you went through. Like, that seems like an Adrian issue. Yeah. Kim says he doesn't need to finish today. And Haley says yes today because Nadine and Chris are all dead, making Adrian Klaus's right hand. So Adrian was like fourth string. Adrian was way back. I do think this is, he doesn't need to turn today. And Haley being like, no, it has to be today. It's like, why would we listen to you? It should raise more alarm bells for Tyler that Haley is so insistent it happened today. Yeah. Because it is true. Like, yes, he has to do it. But like Klaus isn't actively doing a lot right now. So even if Adrian is Klaus's right hand, like what's he going to do? Go pick up dry cleaning? Yeah. Like it, 
you're in a lull. Like you can take an extra day if you want a break from it. And Klaus doesn't suspect them or yeah. anything still. It's not like so. there's a rush for anyone else but Haley. And and we find out Haley's reason is dumb. Yeah. All of them should be like, Haley, what the fuck do you know? You've never even had to do this. So you know yeah. what? I'm not listening to you. It's kind of crazy that they're all going at Tyler about it because I would be like, bitch, what the fuck do you know? Like, I would be going at Haley about this specifically. And I'm shocked Kim didn't, but. Well, and I think maybe Tyler is a little bit more trusting of Haley because she helped break the sire bond because you did bring up an interesting question that I shot down too quick. I should have let you believe it. That you said, won't the sire bond be transferred to Tyler if he helps them escape the pain? Yeah, Like this question of like, if it's all about the pain and gratefulness, like couldn't it in theory just be transferred to Tyler when he helps them? Because it seemed like, you know, he's kind of their de facto leader right now. Yeah. Which clearly Kim was fighting against, I guess, because she wanted that job. I don't know why you would. I'm happy to be a background hybrid personally. Yeah. Well, and so you brought that up and immediately I was like, oh, because his blood's not involved. And I was like, I should have let her believe that. (laughs) <laughs> I should have I thought it was a good her. guess of something that happened. It was a good guess. Happen. It could have been an interesting explanation of the sire bond. And I do think it could have more maybe accurately explained Tyler's extreme loyalty to Haley, who was but a stranger he met in the woods. Yeah. Haley's argument is like, we can't let Adrian near Klaus until the bond is broken, which is flimsy at best, but no one really battles the argument. Instead, Kim battles Haley a little bit and Kim tries to take Adrian away but Tyler says Haley's right the bond isn't broken until he doesn't feel pain if we want to get back at Klaus Adrian has to keep turning and then Kim brings up a great point which is isn't the point of breaking the sire bond that he doesn't have to do anything isn't it free will yeah and it's like yeah that's a good point but the sire bond's not broken yet so yeah you kind of gotta work for that I mean unfortunately they both have good arguments because it is true that like if Adrian's in a lot of pain like, yes, he should take a break. But also the point of it is to push through the pain so that you don't feel it anymore. So at some point, you're going to feel that pain again. It's not like a break is going to make that pain stop. It just means you're going to feel that pain later. Yeah, like maybe take a lunch break. But like, do you want the bomb broken or not? And if yeah. not, like, whatever, that's up to you. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, it's not up to them because Haley's like, no. Haley's like, no, it's not up to you. It's absolutely not up to you. I'm not letting anything happen to my baby boy, Tyler. I'm not letting anything to happen to Tyler before I get to minimum kiss him and hopefully have sex with him and I don't know maybe marry him maybe marry him if if it all goes well who's to say but you need to break that sire bomb first for me to get what I want yeah but Adrian and Kim don't really care about what Haley wants because of course they don't so they leave and Haley is just like oh can you believe then we go over to the Salvatore house Damon and Elena come downstairs. They're giggling. She grabs her bag and scarf. He kisses her again. They giggle, giggle. And she says, hey, listen. And he says, don't ruin it. And she says, you don't even know what I'm going to say. And he says, well, I assume you're going to like want to talk about what we should tell Stefan. And she says, well, he's like, well, you got me there. (laughs) Damon says, like, I know he should know. I just don't know like when he should know it. I mean, rip off the bandaid. Yeah. Like. It's never going to be easy news, but you don't really want to tell him after you've had sex like 20 times. The news is never going to be good because at the end of the day, there was like no waiting period. Yeah. <laughs> Which that's going to hurt Stefan no matter what. Even if they try to hide it, it's not like they're going to be able to keep it a secret. Way too horny. Lugging the champagne. <laughs> yeah. 
Elena says, like, you know, Stefan knows something's going on between us. It's the reason we broke up. And Damon says, well, can't we just let ourselves enjoy one secret selfish day before we destroy his? Now, the word selfish, you're going to rue the day you said that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing is, every time on this goddamn show, that like, can we just have one day with XYZ? No. The answer is no. By asking that, you already determined no. <laughs> yeah. Like, you should have kept that question locked up. You can't have one day. You know when your one day was? Yesterday. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed yesterday. You had it. <laughs> Damon says, you know, this is our time. It's never been right before, but it is now. Just one day. And through his stunning persuasive skills, he convinces her. Just kidding. <laughs> she's sired. <laughs> she would have said yes, no matter what. But she's on board. She says, okay, one day. And then she goes to leave because she has to go to school still because she's studious. She's already late. I don't know why she's even going. <laughs> just ditch. Yes. Who needs, just go to the office and compel a graduation diploma. Yeah, that's what I'd be doing. Yeah, you will not catch me going to high school anymore. Sorry. I'm done. I'm sorry. Why would I go? Just the events. <laughs> I'll go to school dances and that's it. Maybe I'll pop in for lunch once in a while. Yeah, but I'm not going to history class. So Elena opens the door and Stefan gets home right at the exact time. And they say, hey, it's immediately awkward, even though like we know Elena was staying there overnight, but like it's awkward. Yeah, I mean, Stefan doesn't know that they had sex, but you have to imagine she stayed overnight and Stefan wasn't there. He has to know it's possible and he knows that she's sired. He has to know what's possible, but I think he's like, no, they wouldn't do that so fast. He's and like, they he, wouldn't do that to me. There's no point in trying not to believe that. I mean, let him let him live. I know. In that he's like, no, bit. they care about me. They wouldn't want to hurt me. They'd at least wait a couple days. No, Stefan. No, they wouldn't. No. They wouldn't and they won't. They're they really didn't. horny. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That was more powerful. I'm so sorry, Stefan. <laughs> So she leaves and Damon says, hey, and they're staring at each other awkwardly. And so Stefan decides to rip the bandaid off. Stefan's like, okay, we're going to get into this. He says, hey, we need to talk. And we don't see the actual reveal of what he says, but we do see Damon say, sired, really? That is the most pathetic nonsense I've ever heard. And you've said some crap. And I get this response. This is a fair reaction because it's like, oh, you're just mad that she likes me and you're just trying to find an excuse why she would like me instead of you. Like, you're just being selfish. That's a very fair reaction to this because it sounds crazy. Yeah, and Stefan hasn't been dealing with the breakup super well. Yeah. So I get Damon's immediate denial of it. And one thing about Damon, he loves to be a denial. But yeah. so do Stefan and Elena. Everyone loves to be in denial on this show. Yeah. They hate acceptance. <laughs> Damon's like, well, we just like found our way to each other finally. Why would you try to cast a negative light on that? Because it's true, King. Yeah. Stefan says, okay. Stefan keeps a very level head and he just lays out his evidence. He says, your blood turned her. She's been different since day one because of you and you can't deny that. And he says, I sure can. He says, you want to bet? <laughs> he says, watch me. When Stefan had to come in with evidence and a plan because he knows this sounds for a fetch. And it does make him sound bitter. Yeah. And he also doesn't know for sure. Yeah. The argument that Elena has been different since day one because of Damon is like oversimplification. Yes no. Yeah. yeah. Like things have changed, but a lot of that is the vampire change. Yes. Damon says, I finally got Elena to a good place about being a vampire and you two idiots can't stand that she's happy because of me. Now, this is also an oversimplification because Elena's doing better, but she's not happy. 
be feeding on people. Yeah, she's not in like a good place. Yeah. She's in like a better place than she was, but, but that's a pretty low bar. But anyone could be in a better place than she was. Vicky was in a better place than she was. She started at rock bottom. Stefan says, okay, fine. Prove me wrong. Tell her it's okay to drink from a blood bag. And this is exactly the test you said that they should do, which makes sense. It's the most clear cut, easy way to prove it or not. I'm really proud of myself for that one. I forgot I had guessed it. Yeah, when you guessed it, I was like, good job, Stephanie. The logic tracks here in a way that I think it, it makes sense to guess. Yeah. And I haven't had a lot of winning guesses lately. So I really that's why I wanted one. to point out one. <laughs> and Damon says, mm, she can't drink from a blood bag. Her doppelganger body rejected it. And Stefan says, yeah, because you told her to. You said she had to drink human blood from the vein. She almost died to make you happy. And Damon says, I did say that, didn't I? He's like, that does sound like me. But it wasn't just that. It was also that she's a doppelganger. And then Stefan says, look, just ask her to drink from a blood bag and make sure to tell her how happy you'll be if it works. And if I'm wrong, I'll be the first to apologize. This is when Damon starts to realize it might be might be bad for him. Damon's like, you're pretty sure of this. And Damon's like, Stefan's already offering to apologize if he's wrong. That's not good. He's like, can I just, I wanted the day. He's like, it's 9 a.m. So I didn't even get 20 minutes. He said, why can't I be happy? He said, when is it my turn? <laughs> Damon says, okay, well, when her body rejects this blood, which it will, your apology better be epic. And Stefan kind of lets him have this, even though Stefan knows how the, how this is going to do. Yeah, Stefan's like, sure, if her body rejects the blood, my apology will be epic. Yeah, Stefan says, sure, I'm prepping my apology for when her body rejects the blood. <laughs> He's like, you're about to have a worse day than me, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said, everything's coming up, Stefan. <laughs> and then we go over to school. Caroline and Bonnie run into Elena and they ask Elena if everything's okay. And Elena says, why wouldn't it be? I just got totally railed. <laughs> yeah, Elena's like, I'm doing fucking amazing. And Bonnie says, uh, Caroline told me you had to move out to stay away from Jeremy. And she says, oh yeah, that. Elena's like, oh yeah, yeah, no worries for me. Oh yeah, my brother, right. Uh, she says, yeah, Matt's at the house staying with him to make sure he keeps his hunter stuff in control. He's okay. And Caroline says, but are you okay? Clearly they don't have a flat iron at Hotel Salvatore. Which, I'm sorry, the way Damon does his hair? There is no way they don't. Damon's got a flat iron. Damon has two different sizes of flat iron for his bangs in the back of his head. Let's Just be didn't let Elena use it. He's like, your hair is going to mess he it said, up. I'm sorry, it's really expensive is the thing. Yeah, it he's knows like, my hair. It's like, do you use like any product to prep it? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, I can't just like, come on. It's a nice flat iron. But Elena had her hair up because, you know, it was all messed up from having sex about 10 times. Yeah. It was a little, it was a little messy. <laughs> I wish that she took it down and, and it, it was, was just like a huge knot on the back of her head. It would have been so funny <laughs> if she took it down. It was like really tangled. It was like the front two pieces were straight and the rest of it was like tangled, like to the point that it was like almost an afro. And they're like, oh, oh that would have been a gag. Do they even have a brush? <laughs> she said, I brushed my hair. Oh, that would have been funny. Obviously, uh, they don't need to have that kind of comedy on this show, but it would have made me laugh. Yeah. But Elena lets down her hair to prove that it is, that she's not hiding anything. She says, I was in a rush. And then she says, hey, do you guys have plans tonight? I am in desperate need of girl talk. Because she's like, I can't wait to tell you guys who I had sex with. And it wasn't Stefan. <laughs> and it wasn't Matt. 
And I'm really excited because I think you guys are going to respond positively to this news for some reason. Yeah. Even this- though you've never given me the vibe that you would like this. Now, this is this Iobomb bitch because she's like, everyone would want to sleep with Damon. Who wouldn't want to sleep with Damon? They're going to be so happy for me. It's, it is foolish that she thought they were going to be happy for her. <laughs> They've never been happy when she's like, hung out with Damon. So this is not going to go well. You're a delusion. She's got sex on the brain. Yeah. Knocked all the critical thinking out of her head. I know. Bonnie says, oh, I'm in. Shane taught me some small spells I've been wanting to try. And Caroline says, oh, creepy professor guy is just Shane now. I love that she's calling him creepy because he is. And Bonnie says, he's not creepy. And Elena says, we're not judging. And Caroline says, I sure am. (laughs) Caroline's like, I am. Caroline's (laughs) the only one who's got a good head on her shoulder. She's so right for this. Yeah, she's got points going on. Elena says, don't listen to her. Actually, you should. He's an adult man and he's grooming you. So let's. And it looks like much worse than that, even. Yeah. But Elena moves on with the conversation. She says, girls night, we can raid the Salvatore wine cellar. And Caroline says, are you sure Stefan and Damon are cool with us crashing at their place? And Elena spots Damon down the hall. And she says, well, I can't go home because my brother's trying to kill me. So their place is mine now, too. See you in a bit. And then we go into a classroom where Damon and Elena are linking up. They're hugging, they're touching. And Elena says, you being here makes your selfish secret day a little difficult. Like they're going to, someone's going to catch me. <laughs> and then Damon says, oh, you forgot your lunch. And he holds out a blood bag for her. And she says, you know, I can't have that. She's like, I don't eat that gross stuff. You know, I don't have those. Yeah. <laughs> he says, Yeah, well, you know, last time you tried it, circumstances were less than optimal. I think, you know, maybe you should give it another try. See if it works. I really think it will. Please, for me. And she starts to drink it. And you can see him be like, please toe up. Yeah, he's he's watching. He's like, toe up, toe up, toe up. Please toe up. And she just keeps drinking it. And he's like, oh, no. And he says, hey, you okay? Because she seems to be drinking it just fine. She says, oh, my God. It tastes like blood. Last time it was like hot garbage. And Damon's like, no. He's like, come on, no. Damon's like, please don't say that. He says, you know, it would make me really happy if you threw up. He's like, please throw up for me. (laughs) He's like, please, for me. This has to hurt. I know. This is, I think Damon, he didn't entertain the idea when Stefan originally brought it up, but he had to hear it and be like, the logic in that argument kind of tracks. I think he knew that there was a, a chance that she was sired and and he had to see the proof and he was like, mm-hmm. he's like, come on. And he says, are you sure you're okay? <laughs> really tell me if you're not. If you have to puke, Please it's okay. Please be honest. <laughs> um, she says, better than okay. Maybe last time was like a bad batch or something. I can't believe this. I don't have to hurt people anymore. She hugs him. She's like so happy. She's like skipping out and Damon is like, Charlie Brown walk time, baby. (laughs) Now we go over to Shane's office. Haley is in there looking through some papers and Shane comes in. He says, hey, trespassing, breaking and entering all before noon. It's like lock your door, buddy. Yeah. What do you want me to do? She said, I'm not here for the jokes right now. She says, I'm having trouble breaking Adrian. And he says, don't worry about it. You literally already have 12. And she says, no, we have 11 because Tyler Lockwood isn't part of the deal. And Shane says, okay, well, you have to deliver me 12 without loyalties to Klaus or your friend Tyler becomes fair game. So right now you have 11, I guess. And she says, yeah, but you haven't held up your end of the bargain. 
And so this is where we figure out what's in it for her, why she teamed up with Shane. He holds up a flash drive and says, everything you ever wanted to know about your biological parents is on this flash drive. It's encoded in case you're thinking of a smash and grab. Because I would have. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been a smart move. He says, just bring me 12 unsired hybrids and it's yours. So we now find out that the reason Haley is doing this is to get information on her biological parents. Haley, that's it? That's all you're getting? There must be an easier way. Call the DMV. <laughs> Come on. Go to Ancestry.com. I mean. <laughs> Buy a 23 and me. Reach out to the adoption agency. Like him? He cannot have been the best option. Also, not for nothing. I mean, we'll get to this later, but they're dead. It's easier to find death certificates. I guess she doesn't oh. know where they are. Oh, no, it's a names. lot of work. I mean, I feel like she could have found some stuff. Obviously, he has some research connections, I guess we have to assume. Yeah. She didn't want to do that. Yeah. It was easier to turn 12 hybrids. Yeah, it seems like she made this job harder for herself, but I get why she's doing it. It was probably the first opportunity that presented itself. Who knows what she's delivering these hybrids for, if she even knows what she's delivering these hybrids for. Yeah, I doubt she knows what it's for, but I have some guesses. And there's a point where it'll be clear when I want to talk about it. Sure. And I think you know what (laughs) I'm referring to. I think I know when. (laughs) So then we go over to the Salvatore house. Stefan gets a call from Caroline. She talked to Tyler and... She runs down stuff that we've known for ages. So I don't know why she had to talk to Tyler. I, I guess to remind us that the Cyberbond exists because of gratefulness to Klaus. He takes away the pain, blah, blah, blah. Stefan says, yeah, well, Elena's not a werewolf. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's like, so that's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know why she had to talk to Tyler. Then. Uh, he says, so what's the vampire equivalent? And Caroline says, well, that's kind of the problem is that there isn't one. That and so Stefan hangs up. <laughs> Stefan's like, oh, and Caroline says, hello, Stefan. <laughs> Elsewhere in the Salvatore house, Damon is looking through some old papers and Stefan comes in. He's like, hey, what are you doing? And Damon says, oh, Elena's sired. You were right. I was wrong. Are you happy? Yeah, Damon's like, I'm just going to get it off my chest. I can't talk about it. And Stefan, who is gleeful, says, I'm not happy, but what are we going to do about it? And Damon says, I'm working on it. Remember this? And he hands Stefan a postcard or something. And Stefan says, ah, New Orleans, 1942 to be exact. Oh, no, Damon says 1942 to be exact. Because <laughs> Stefan says, what was in New Orleans in 1942? Yeah. And Damon says, other than bourbon and beads, us, brother. <laughs> and Stefan says, oh, yeah, because he was going off to war. And Stefan says, what was the name of that girl you used to hang out with? And Damon says, she was no ordinary girl. That was Charlotte. And we go to 1942, New Orleans. And we know it's 1942 New Orleans because there's a neon light in the back that says jazz. Yeah. As someone who lived in New Orleans, I was like, come on, guys. Go on, guys. I get it. They have to be on a set. They can't just go on location. Damon narrates, you know, Charlotte was crazy about me from the minute we met. So, of course, when she asked me to turn her, I did. Well, yeah, he'll turn anyone. Yeah, of course. (laughs) And then we go over to the bar and we see Charlotte approach a very, very hot Damon. He's got his hair chilled back, gelled back. So Charlotte is played by an actress named Madeline Zima. She looked super familiar to me, but I couldn't place it. She looks super familiar. It's kind of hard to place even looking at her IMDb. She looks a lot like the girl from How to Get Away with Murder. I don't even think she does. Oh, I think she does, but that's just me. I, I don't know. I, I don't know which girl you're referring to that you even think that. The girl who her boyfriend dies or something. 
yeah. The guy who's the girl who lives in the building with Wes is her name thought, Maggie. Oh, I was thinking of someone else. The girl with the nose ring. Oh, I don't even remember her. She was in like the first. I only watched the pilot about getaway with murder. <laughs> I thought you were referring to one of the main characters. No, I, I don't like, think she looks like that girl. Picture. No. It's hard for me to tell what she was on. She's been in one episode of a lot. Like she was on one episode of You, which I watched. She was in the music video for Allie and AJ's Take Me. She was on two episodes of the new Twin Peaks. Her name was Tracy. I definitely watched that. So I probably saw her there, but I don't know if that's it. I don't think that's what you would have known her from. She has a distinctive face. So you think I'd be able to remember it better. She does. She was on Californication. I watched one episode of that. Yeah, she was on 28 episodes. That's like her longest running thing. She's on 10 episodes of Heroes, played a character named Gretchen Berg. I didn't watch didn't Heroes. Watch that, yeah. She was on one episode of Ghost Whisperer, which I know you watched. I don't watch Ghost Whisperer, but I'm thinking about it. Oh, I thought you knew it. I thought you watched it. But I have thought about watching it. I have. So that's actually a fair read. Uh, she was in a Cinderella story. She played a character named Brianna. She was one of the stepsisters in a Cinderella oh. story. That's where I'm recognizing her from. Okay, that's good. I think that yeah. must be where I recognize her from too, because I was thinking that she was one of like the hot girls friends. Yeah, one of the hot girls friends. I was no, like, oh, how would I recognize her? She's yep. one of the stepsisters. Okay. Yep. Okay. That's so what that's, it was. I was never going to guess that. I was never going to get there. Anyway, that's Madeline Zima. She's playing Charlotte. So she goes up to Damon at the bar. <laughs> Damon says, Oh, did you decide who you want to have for dinner tonight? Hee hee. Ha ha. I'm so funny and cool. And <laughs> she points at the guy playing his music. Girl, he's just trying to get a paycheck. Just kill one of the randos. There are so many easier targets. It's what's, New Orleans. And what's going to happen when you kill him? Who's going to play tomorrow? Where will they, the jazz be? They got they got plenty of jazz. <laughs> it's New Orleans. Someone is waiting for that guy's spot, I tell you. <laughs> Damon says, fine choice. I'll go set that up. Okay, now if anyone tries to touch my drink, show them no mercy. Hee-haw-ha. Obviously a jokey little thing he felt like saying. <laughs> didn't age well didn't work out for him so damon goes over to the musician and how he sets that up is he says hey come join us after your set and the musician's like cool you, cool. <laughs> you buying my dinner <laughs> and then a sailor comes up to damon's seat next to charlotte yeah because it's new orleans near world war ii so there's obviously a sailor in the back yeah and he immediately knocks over damon's drink which it's an accident but where was your hand going it's hard to knock over a drink at a bar He's not an actual sailor. He's just dressing. He's just dressed up as one. Just to get women. Because he knows it'll get him girls. Hey, if it works, it works. And so Charlotte says, hey, you spilled my man's drink. And he says, sorry, it's crowded in here. And he like tries to look away. He's like, it's crowded. What do you What do I care? She says, that's no excuse. And he says, hey, take it easy, lady. And she says, well, no, I'm actually not going to do that. And then she snaps his neck. A <laughs> little bit of an overreaction. And then Damon sees her snap his neck, runs back over and like props him up. And he, like weekend at Bernie's him, you know? Yeah. And he says, hey, Charlotte, what'd you do? And she says, he touched your drink. You said show no mercy. I thought you'd be happy. She's like, I was just doing what you asked me to do. Like, oh, excuse. I'm sorry. Was I supposed to show him mercy? Oh, so now I'm the bad guy just because I killed this dude. Yeah. Wow. Go up, Damon. So then we go back to present day and Damon says, so that was my first clue. <laughs> yeah. Stefan says she was sired to you. And this is funny at this point, because at this point, we're supposed to believe vampire sired to another vampire is one in a million. And it's like, wow, look at Damon's power. Like, what is in that guy's blood? <laughs> so Stefan says, oh, she was sired to you. And he says, I can only assume you took full advantage of that until you got bored of her, right? Well, what else would he fucking do? I mean, yeah, I let's mean, not get on Damon for this one. Yeah, Stefan's being a little bitchy here, but 
unfortunately, he said exactly what Damon did. So <laughs> that's hard. But if someone sired to you, why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Yeah. Like if someone does whatever I ask, why would I not ask them to do stuff for Especially me? Especially if it's like your girlfriend. Like, sorry. And then Damon says, yeah, more like when she went all fatal attraction on me. I had to make a clean break. First of all, Charlotte did nothing of the sort. She did what you asked her to do. And number two, clean break. <laughs> I don't think that's what it was. Yeah. And also, I mean, you know, no shade to this actress, but you can see in this girl's eyes, she's crazy from the start. <laughs> she did not need a sire bond to be doing all this. I'll say yeah. that. Uh, Damon looked too hot in the 40s. His look yeah. back hair. That's why he started doing a flat iron because he's like, I can't be doing this to the women of America. He's like, it's too much power. I'm driving them crazy. He's like, who am I, Elvis? <laughs> literally. Um, well, not literally. Stefan says, oh, how'd you do a clean break? And Damon doesn't answer that because he wants to hide that he basically told the woman to wander the streets for decades. Yeah. And Damon finds like something. It's like a coaster. And it has a name and an address. And it's for a woman named Valerie Lamarche. He says, this is the witch I found who was going to help me break Charlotte's sire bond. And Damon says, pack your bags. We're going back to Bourbon Street. Woo! Boys trip! Boys trip! And we go from the boys trip to the girls' night. We go over to the Salvatore house. Elena is handing out very expensive bottles of champagne. Everybody gets one. They are aged. Like, those are vintage bottles of champagne. She went for the good stuff. She did not start with the cheap stuff. She said, look, Damon got to have sex with me, so I get to drink their nicest wine. And she's so right for that. And she's right. Bonnie spots a blood bag, and she says, oh, I assume this is for Caroline. And Caroline reaches out for it. Elena says, Actually, it's for me. Thanks to Damon. Because she's trying to brag, but she still has to mention Damon. Well, she's trying to also set up Damon positively because she, yeah. you know, knows later in this night she wants to tell them, like, it's happening. Delena's yeah. here. Mmm, yummy. She wants to say Delena stands we eaten tonight. Unfortunately, not one of them is a Delena stand. <laughs> yeah, wrong room, wrong audience for it. <laughs> Elena says, thanks to Damon, I'm now a functional, dysfunctional vampire. And Bonnie says, that's amazing. And Caroline says, what do you mean, thanks to Damon? (laughs) (laughs) Caroline's like, what? She's like, so the test fucking worked? Yeah, Caroline sees what's going on here. But she does keep it under wraps for a second. And and Elena says, well, Damon suggested I try it again. So I did. And it worked. No more snatchy to race. She's so excited about this. I know. does not want to bite people. It has gone bad a couple times. Not super bad, yeah. but, you know, it's not been her favorite. So this is a good day for her. Yes. And at this point, her day has only been good. She yeah. got to wake up, have a bunch of sex, went to school. I don't know why she did that. But now she gets to hang out with her friends and drink champagne and tell them all about her love life. Like, this is a great day for her. Yeah, or so she thinks. And honestly, I think Caroline would be able to be happier for Elena if she wasn't like, I can do this because of Damon. Yeah. But of course, she's going to say that because, Hello. Because now this is just like, oh, so it's definitely proven at this point, which it was already basically proven to Caroline. So she's like, okay. Well, yeah. And Stefan's like, we can't tell her until we know for sure. And now Caroline knows for sure. But she knows she should keep it under wraps. Unfortunately, they're drinking champagne. Yeah. (laughs) This night was bound to go downhill. Nothing is staying under wraps when you're drinking champagne. When you drink champagne as a group, it's great fun. Everyone's dancing. Everyone's happy. And then there's a turn. Something turns. This is this happens at bottomless brunch. It happens at night. Sometimes the turn is a nap. If it's not a nap, it's not fun. There's a reason I was going to say there's a reason the time people drink the most champagne is on New Year's Eve and bottomless brunch because there's an out for sleep. 
Yeah. You cannot be open-endedly drinking champagne and expect no one's feelings to get hurt. It's gonna, you're gonna reach the apex of happiness you can reach and then there's nowhere to go but down. Yeah. As someone who loves champagne, that is a game you have to play. It's a balance. (laughs) It's a balance. Much like drinking blood. (laughs) In a way, I understand vampirism. In a way, I am a vampire and I have champagne lust. (laughs) Caroline says, so where is my least favorite Salvatore? Because she can't quite let it go yet. And Elena reads a text that she got from Damon. Out with Stefan for the night. Don't wait up. Brother bonding. And Caroline says, oh, so you guys like check in on text now. What else do you do? It's like, girl. Caroline's like, so you guys are just fucking texting? (laughs) She's like, this has gone too far. Now that's the final straw. (laughs) Elena says, look, I know you're not the biggest fan, but he kind of just changed my life. Do you mind laying off all the hate? Number one, like I do think knowing what Elena knows, Caroline is coming in with more harshness than is fair. Yeah. But Elena's being kind of annoying. <laughs> well, it's it's hard for Caroline to sit there because she knows her telling Elena is not going to go well. It's going to turn the whole night around. And she doesn't want to have to tell Elena that. No one wants to tell her that. She's obviously not going to be happy with this news. Yeah. But it's also like, I don't want her to get deeper in this and not know why. Like Caroline's in a rough spot here. And- Caroline's not good at hiding her feelings. Yeah. And I do think, and we'll get to it when she tells her, I think Caroline does a pretty good job, all things considered, of keeping her opinion in until she literally can't anymore. And frankly, she's the best person to tell Elena this. Mm Stefan or Damon telling her, neither of those would have gone well at all. Yeah. Stefan, it would have been like, you just want me back. You don't care about me. And Damon, it would have been like, do you not care about me? Yeah, exactly. That would have been worse. But Bonnie realizes this is going downhill fast. So she says, okay, new girls night rule. No boy talk. Smart move. She said, guys, the Bechtel test is begging. She says, guys, we're failing the Bechtel test here. (laughs) Hold on. We're big time (laughs) failing the Bechtel test. (laughs) And then they pass the Bechtel test because they start talking about men. They start talking about drugs. Bonnie takes (laughs) out a bunch of tea she got from Shane. And she says, well, why would we talk when we have this? I thought this was fully weed. And I was like, they're going to show a whole Ziploc of weed on the CW. Like, I was shook. Caroline says, is that stoner tea? And Bonnie says, no, it's spirit tea. Nice spin, Shane. No, it's drugged tea. She says, it opens up your chi. It's not drugs. Shane is helping me do natural magic without having access to the spirits. And Caroline says, "Mm mm-hmm. Mood. She's so right for that. That's how I respond to any time Bonnie's talking about Shane's doing all that. Mm-hmm. I know. I'm sure he is. Caroline, this is the thing. She is being judgmental. Yeah. But she's but, also being right. But they're both doing things that are worthy of judgment. Yeah. Bonnie says, don't judge. And Caroline says, okay, fine. I hereby vow not to be judgmental for the rest of the evening, even if you two are potentially ruining, ruining your lives. As I stand idly by, it's your choice. She said, for the rest of the evening after this sentence. Yeah. And again, she is being judgy, but she's right. But Elena and Bonnie are happy to ignore that she's right. So Elena says, I'll drink to that. And then cheers. Yeah. And Caroline's like, you know what? You guys have your fun. You guys will come around on it eventually. She's like, it is hard to be the only correct person in this room. Yeah. She's having a hard time. Then we go down to New Orleans.
The boys are walking in the French Quarter. And I love this French Quarter set with the string lights. It is so revisionist. It is very much like they did their best to make it look like what someone might think the French Quarter looks like. Well, they want it to look like the French Quarter without making it look as disgusting as Bourbon Street is, which I get. They did the same thing on Criminal Minds. You have to make it get the energy but you don't need someone puking in the back. Yeah, they have a lot of extras. They all have the like hand grenade cups. Yeah, so. they're all having fun as you do. And Stefan says, well, the city's the same. It's just brighter. And Damon asks if he's been since 1942. And Stefan says, nope, not since I shipped off to join the war effort and you didn't. I can imagine why Stefan wouldn't come down here. It's probably uh, probably encourages the behavior he's trying to shut down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damon says, well, somebody had to entertain the ladies who had been left by their men folks. So we know Stefan went and uh, served in World War II. Respect the troops. Yet at this point, it's a little bitter that Damon didn't, but we see why. Yeah. And then Damon gets a text, which he reads to Stefan. He says, oh, good news. Elena's at the house with the girls where she can't get in trouble. Bad news. They got into the dom. I told her to make herself at home. And now Stefan's being a little bitter baby here. He says, oh, yeah, you told her to do it. So she does, right? And like, I get Stefan being bitter about this. This is not a fun situation for him. But like, this is also a very heartbreaking time for Damon. Well, and also the thing that's hard about this episode and Caroline's more of the perpetrator of this than Stefan is, is like, Damon didn't do this on purpose. He didn't even turn her. Meredith fell, put the blood in her. Yeah, so like taking it out on Damon really isn't fair. This does suck, but Damon had no control over this and it is sucking for Damon, but to be fair, Stefan doesn't know that he and Elena just like hooked up. So he doesn't know how big this day was for Damon. He doesn't know how sad it is to now be like, are these feelings fake? Yeah. Because Damon was just excited. Because Stefan's just letting himself believe that like Damon and Elena, I don't know, like went to bed in separate rooms last night. Grow up. Yeah. Well, and Stefan's just trying to find a way to convince himself that these feelings were fake. And he's like, oh, if it's the Cyberbond, great. They were never into each other. It was all the Cyrobond. I'm good. Yeah. He's like, oh my God, I was heartbroken, but I was right. Of course she would pick me. Boy, she had feelings for Damon like in season one, episode 19. (laughs) You cannot blame the Cyrobond for that. So it's just, it's an uncomfortable day for Stefan and it's an uncomfortable day for Damon. Damon is a little bit more cognizant of how bad it is for Stefan because he can understand the bitterness of it. Because he knows what it's like to be rejected by a Nina Dobrev looking girl. Yeah. And Stefan also understands that he's being a little unfairly bitter. Yes. But he can't quite stop it all the way, which you can't blame him for. And Damon says, you know, the Cyrobond's not that literal, Stefan. And Stefan says, really? Name one thing you've asked Elena to do that you haven't gotten. And Damon can't. This is true. And poor Damon has to listen to this and be like, did I just force her to have sex with me? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And like, the thing is, is that there is nothing that Damon has asked for that he hasn't gotten, but that has not been his intention when he's talking to her. Yeah, he's just telling her what he thinks and what he thinks she should do. And then she's like, that's a good idea. And he's like, wow, she gets me. She so respects (laughs) me. (laughs) She just understands my brain. Underlying all this, he's like, did I really coerce her into having sex with me? He's like, I didn't want to do that. (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) And Damon says, oh, you know what I haven't gotten? Blame, guilt. He says, I get it. You're pissed that Elena dumped you because she has feelings for me. I bet you blame the Cyrobond for that too. And he says, yeah, you know what? Absolutely I do. Seven says, I sure do. Of course, And of course he does. And the thing is, is like the Cyrobond was at play. I think personally, this would have happened with or without a Cyrobond. She would have dumped Stefan for Damon eventually. The Cyrobond just sped it up. Well, and also like 
no one's asking this question, but Damon didn't say to Elena, you have to break up with Stefan. Well, Stefan doesn't want to ask that because if he asks that, then he'll get the answer he doesn't want. Like that relationship was on life support as it is, which Stefan doesn't want to admit, obviously, because he's heartbroken. Because he does love her. And he just always thought he would be able to get through the life support phase. Some people just die. And Damon doesn't want to be like, the only reason she switched over to me was the Cyrobon. Because he wants to be like, well, maybe she liked me this whole time. Maybe it wasn't just the Cyrobon. Like, maybe she does actually like being like me. And I just helped her find it. It's hard for him to find the balance. Because he also knows, I mean, he tries to deny it, but he knows the Cyrobon is pretty literal. Yeah. And he gets that proven time and time again. From that one first story with Charlotte, like, he's like, oh, it's not that literal. You know it is. You know it. You know it is. Damon says, why? Because it's impossible to think she could have feelings for me. And Stefan says, no, because it's impossible for her to be so blind that she doesn't see how wrong for her you are. Now, Stefan is lashing out. He's coming from a place of heartbreak. This isn't entirely fair. Stefan does know this, though, because Damon starts to walk away. And Stefan says, I'm sorry. Yeah, because Stefan knows that he's mostly sad about this because like he got dumb. Yeah, he understands that. Well, and he knows that the feelings for Damon were there before she became a vampire. I mean, she told him as much. She admitted yeah. as much. But it's easier for him to blame the Cyrobon and to blame Damon than it is to just say, you know what, maybe we weren't a good fit. She did pick me and I just have to get her past the Cyrobon so she can pick me again. Yeah. Delusion. It's under- It's understandable. He's very heartbroken. It's a hard time to be him. His girlfriend just left him for his brother. They're all in their own version of denial. Yeah. It's not a good day. No one wins this. Yeah. No one's happy. Stefan says, I'm sorry. Damon says, what did you say? And that flashes us back to 1942 New Orleans. Catch it down in New Orleans. Stefan is walking into the bar with Lexi. Lexi's here, baby. Lexi looking so beautiful. And Stefan looking so, so hot and sexy. He is wearing his 1942 war outfit, but his hair looks literally exactly the same. That was the peak of war uniforms. Mm -hmm. It was. Make war uniforms sexy again. Stop putting them in those ugly camo things. Go back (laughs) to this plain olive green suit looking thing. And Stefan is practicing an apology with Lexi. He says, I'm sorry I blamed you for my bloodlust and for me becoming a ripper. It wasn't your fault. And then he says, do I really have to say it wasn't his fault, Lexi? And Lexi says, yes, keep going. Lexi's like, yeah, that's how an apology works. Let's go. And Stefan says, you're the only brother I have, and I hope we can be friends again. And Lexi says, perfect. Remember, we're here to talk to Damon, not yell or drudge up the past or pick a fight. And Stefan's like, that doesn't sound like me. And Stefan says, yeah, that's the real trick. And Lexi says, hey, you've spent the last 20 years of your life turning your life around. It's time to make nice with your brother. So then Stefan approaches the bar. He pats Damon's back, and Damon turns around, and Damon's like, you look like a guy I used to know. Have you come to put a stake in my heart? And Stefan says, more like bury the hatchet. And they shake hands and hug. Brothers! Brother time! They sit at the bar, and they drink with Lexi. Lexi's there. She's supervising. And Damon says, Egypt, wow, you're finally going to get to see the pyramids. And Stefan says, well, I doubt I'll be doing much sightseeing, driving an ambulance through the front lines. But yeah, Egypt. (laughs) Bragging. Yeah, humble brag much. (laughs) And Damon says, hey, you think they got room for another driver? Yeah, I think they'll take more people for the war. It's World War II. Yeah, they got room. They had to draft people. I think they'll take you. You might not get to be a driver, but they'll take you. You can be at the war for sure. 
<laughs> Damon says, I could handle some war if it meant spending quality time with my little brother. And Lexi clocks this, but she doesn't say anything right away. Stefan says, hey, tell you what, I'll talk to my CEO. And then he's like, oh, let's go get, I'll go get us another round. And he gets up and leaves. I'll talk to my CEO. If I get another guy, I get a sandwich for free. <laughs> I'll hit the big 10. <laughs> the big 10. It's a punch card. Yeah. <laughs> Lexi goes up to Damon in Stefan's absence. And she says, you're not going. And Damon says, I don't like you. <laughs> and this we'll have to remember is the first time Damon's ever met Lexi. Okay. Good to know. Or at least we can assume. Because Stefan met Lexi after he became a ripper, after the 20s. A little party never killed nobody. Yes. And we know that Damon and Stefan in 1942 haven't seen each other since 1912. Yeah. And so now Lexi is meeting Damon for the first time. He already doesn't like her. I've got good news for you, Damon. Someday you'll murder her in cold blood. Yeah. So, so you- you'll get her. <laughs> you'll get her back. She says... In 1912, you pressured Stefan to drink human blood, and he's been trying to put his ripper days behind him, but he needs to see death and blood and deal with them as a part of life. He needs balance and restraint. When I get this, but to be fair, Damon didn't know he was like unlocking a ripper side. He was trying to help him. I do agree. How could Damon have known? And this is also interesting because Lexi was talking to Stefan like, you have to make nice with your brother. You have to figure out how to do this. Like, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. But deep down, Lexi's like, no, it's your fault. Of course, Lexi's going to side with Stefan. She always will. She's a queen for that, like me. She's known Stefan for like 20 years. So she she knows him better. And she's only heard whatever Stefan told her about 1912. It's only Stefan's side through like the lens of a guy who is like, you know, addicted to blood. He's And who does blame his brother for this, which... Whether it's fair to blame Damon or not, the reason he came in contact with human blood was Damon. Mm -hmm. So it's fair that Stefan would blame him. Again, even though how could Damon have possibly known? Yeah, because Damon's like, oh, I didn't know you could not be good with this. I mean, to be fair, Damon's first clue could have been that Stefan killed their father. (laughs) But but in 1912 that had been a while ago yeah it's like oh he probably has figured out how to control his urge for blood right now and we don't have any other dads to kill. Yeah, he already got the one. But Damon, you know, takes issue with Lexi's judgment of him. He says, what makes you think I'm not balanced and restrained? She says, the fact that you never have been. And again, this is coming from what Stefan's told her about him. So it is a little biased. Well, also a definition of balance. I mean, yes. What is balanced for Stefan is certainly more balanced than Damon needs to be. And what's balanced for Damon would be a big issue for Stefan. Yeah, but I don't know how much Damon has reckoned with that quite yet. Well, and he's not known for restraint. I'll give her that. Yeah. And to be fair, a lot of what happens in 1942 confirms Lexi's suspicions yeah. for better or worse for Damon. Yeah. It's not all Damon's fault, but immediately after she says, you know, you think of what you want first, second and third. Stefan is better off alone in your, than in your company. And he says, I beg to differ. Stefan returns with drinks. He says, everybody to the Salvatores in Egypt. And they all cheers like they haven't been like fighting each other. Yeah. And then, unfortunately for Damon, his point is immediately shot to the ground because who comes in but dear Charlotte? And she is holding a dead woman. <laughs> and she says, hey, Damon, you forgot you were supposed to meet us for dinner. And Damon says, oh, sorry, lost track of time. Charlotte says, I brought you leftovers. And she like, basically drops the lady's neck so that it shows blood. And then she drops the body into Stefan's hands, gets blood on his hands, and he freaks out. 
Which, like, this isn't Damon's fault. He didn't ask her to bring Steph in a body, but it just is bad timing. It doesn't look good. Yeah, that's the thing is, it's like, it's not totally Damon's fault. He couldn't have known Charlotte would have been, would be sired. She's kind of going off the rails tonight in a way that he would never have anticipated before. And he's just meeting this Lexi girl. Unfortunately, it does line up with Lexi's idea of him. Yeah. He said, not now. He said, Charlotte, go. He said, Charlotte, I'm I'm literally begging you to get out of here. Charlotte, can you just kill yourself? Thanks. <laughs> hey, Charlotte, come here. I would be so happy if you got out of here and killed yourself. I mean, just staked yourself really quick. Yeah. And so Lexi tells Charlotte to get away from him. Stefan sees his veins appear. Lexi starts to walk Stefan out. And then Lexi turns to Damon and says, by the way, she's better off without you too. She's her own thing, Miss Lexi. Yeah, Lexi, she's got her own issues. She is not Damon's fault. I mean, there's something in the head of a girl who falls in love with Damon. Yeah. That's not Damon's fault. Yeah. He loves the damaged girlies. As someone who's in love with Damon, there's something wrong with me. He doesn't attract the well-adjusted girls. Yeah, Lexi would have never fallen for Damon because she's she's too strong. To be fair, the well-adjusted girls don't fall for Stefan either. Yeah, they're slightly more well-adjusted. They've got their, a different issue. Yeah, they've got their own things. The well-adjusted girls don't fall for anyone on this show. Yeah, the well-adjusted girls are married with kids already. They have not, they've never even met Stefan or Damon. And they never will. (laughs) And then we go back to present day and Stefan says, I apologize, okay? As much as I hate this Cyrobon thing, I shouldn't take it out on you. It's not your fault. Mature King, thank you. So he's remembering his apology lessons from the 40s. He's like, I bet I can use that one again. He's right to recognize it's not his fault. And thank you, Stefan, because or else if you had not said something like this, I would have been fighting a losing battle for the Stefan girlies in this episode arguing with Stephanie. (laughs) Damon says, well, don't get all warm and fuzzy on me yet. And they've arrived to the address he had. Now the witch doesn't live there anymore, of course, because it's 70-ish years later. Yeah. And Stefan says, you weren't really expecting to find the same exact witch in the same place, right? And Damon says, well, no, but since I couldn't remember where the store was, I figured it was a good place to start. And Stefan says, well, maybe there's another place to start. Do you think Charlotte might still be in New Orleans? And Damon says, well, maybe. Now, when he said Charlotte made a clean break, I was like, he killed her. Like, I thought that's what happened. That would have been kinder. the best way out of it. Yeah. But no, he he sentenced her to decades (laughs) of suffering. Yeah, Stefan says, where did you last see her? And Damon says, "Uh, corner of Bourbon and Duman. I kind of told her to count every brick in every building in New Orleans and I'd meet her on the corner and then left. This this is fucked up. This is mean. Like she did nothing but love you. And she's crazy. Yeah, she she was already crazy. You didn't have to lean into it. Yeah. And so Stefan leaves or starts to go. And Damon says, Hey, where are you going? And Stefan says, the corner of Bourbon and Duman. Let's see how literal the sire bond is. And Damon's like, let's not. Damon follows because he fears it's very literal. Yeah, and that is not good news for him. Yeah. Then we go over to the grill. On one side, Adrian and Kim are having dinner. And on the other side, Haley and Tyler are. And Haley says, they're going to get us both killed. and We're just sitting here. And Tyler says, I don't know, girly. Kim's right. The point of breaking the sire bond is being free. They don't have to listen to me. And Haley says, "Mm, but you have to listen to me. (laughs) He says, no, that does not work for me. Haley says, you can make them. Hybrids are werewolves first. Wolves run in packs and all packs need an alpha. She's selling the logic quite well. Yeah. She says, Kim is challenging your position as alpha. You need to put her in, her in her place now. And so he approaches them at the pool table and he says, hey, Adrian, long day tomorrow. 
if you want it to go better than today, you better get home and get some rest. And Kim says, hey, who do you think you are? And Tyler says, the guy who's telling you to call it a night. Kim tries to like swing a punch at him and he blocks it. And he says, this could get a lot uglier, but I'm not going to let it. Challenge me again. And this conversation will end differently. And Kim's like, you know what? I will. I will challenge you again. And the conversation will end differently. (laughs) Kim says, fine. And Tyler says, finish your drink. Get Adrian back to the stables. We'll meet you there. Tyler and Haley leave like, ha ha. You guys should have walked to the stables together, honestly. Yeah. Tyler's awful happy. Like I'm the alpha. Like he didn't just do something that someone else asked him to do. Yeah. The real alpha is Haley. Yeah. At this point. Kim starts to leave and Adrian's like, oh, where are we going? And she says to pick a fight. So I'm not listening to him. Because also all these hybrids are unsired. So they're all so excited to not have to listen to someone. Of course, they're just not going to listen to anyone, even if they should. Yeah. Why would they? Then we go back to New Orleans. Damon says no way she's going to be in the same spot after 70 years. Think again, King. And Stefan says, hey, what are we going to tell Elena? Damon says, "Mm, I was hoping nothing. (laughs) And he has to try this. And I think he's kind of joking, but I think he's also kind of like, but do we have to tell her? Yeah, I think he's like, it's not going to go well if we tell her. So like, maybe we just shouldn't. Stefan says we can't lie to her. And Damon says, well, it's an omission for the greater good. Stefan says, oh, I see. That's Damon speak for let's not do the right thing. Let's just do what's right for me. And Damon says, oh, well, what about you? Are you doing what's best for Elena or what's best for you? Because it looks to me like the only reason you want to break her cyberbond is to restore her to her original factory team Stefan settings. And then he says, I'm going to get a drink. Hunt me down when you stop being a dick. I think Stefan has earned his spot on the high horse he's on here. See, okay, here's my thing. I don't think either of them are right here. Sure. I think Stefan does want to bring her back to her baseline team Stefan tendencies. I think Damon does not want her to get to those tendencies, but I do think she needs to know this. Like, I think they're both making their argument for the wrong reasons, but at the end of the day, she does need to know this. So technically Stefan's right. Here's my thing about that is I do think you're right that Stefan obviously wants to break the sire bond. Like he wants to do it for Elena, but he's hoping it'll send her back to him, obviously. But I think Damon purposely turned the conversation to, oh, why do you want to break the sire bond? When that's not what this conversation was about. This conversation was about, we should tell Elena that this is happening. And Damon's like, oh, why do you want to break the sire bond? It's like, that's not what we're talking about, Damon. We're talking about that you just suggested that you don't tell Elena anything. And I think he was half joking, but he didn't want to tell Elena anything because he doesn't want to break the bubble. But I think he's purposely making the leap to like, oh, you just want to hop her back to Team Stefan. When really that's not the conversation we're having, but it is also another thing that Stefan's thinking about. Well, yeah. Telling Elena the truth about this is what's best for Elena. So she knows breaking it is a whole other thing. Well, and Damon doesn't want to have to admit to himself or have someone else tell him that feelings were fake, Mm -hmm. that like what he just felt wasn't real. And if they don't tell Elena and just maybe break it without her knowledge, I think is some thought of like, well, then maybe I don't even have to confront that. And then it's broken and she still cares about me. And then I never have to face it. That's a good point that I think he probably does think they can break it without her even knowing. And then he thinks he can just like sneak in and kiss her and be like, you good with this? Yeah, because he doesn't want her to like doubt this. Because frankly, 
he's been fighting tooth and nail for four seasons to get her and he just got her and now what he's gonna go tell her like actually you don't have real feelings for me that was a sire bond he doesn't want to do that yeah and he's under the impression that a witch can do a spell that will break the sire bond yeah i don't know why he's under that impression but whatever yeah i think that was wishful thinking I think that's kind of what he's getting at. He's like, let's break it and never bring it up. Here's the thing. It is the right thing to tell Elena, but I do think it's an added bonus for Stefan that telling Elena might turn her off of Damon. Yeah. A little bit. He's hoping. Yeah. Is that delusion? Yes. <laughs> they both want the sire bond broken because Damon doesn't want to just get Elena by default because she's sired. Yeah. But it's better for Stefan to tell her that she's been sired whereas it will more likely hurt her relationship with Damon, which isn't necessarily true. But if you're laying odds, yeah. you know, it's more likely that she'll lean Stefan. And Damon just doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't put through it today. He doesn't want to have to be like dumped immediately. And he doesn't want another Nina Dobrev looking girl to pick Stefan over him. Yeah, he can't handle it. He can't do it again. So I, I just think they both, want things for the wrong reasons they she does need to know this yeah and they're lashing out at each other because here's the thing damon's hiding behind the oh you want to break the sire bond so she'll go back to you so he can avoid the topic of telling her yeah and stefan's hiding behind the topic of telling her because he doesn't want to admit that he wants to break the sire bond so that she'll come back to him yeah neither of them want to admit their actual feelings on the matter even though it is obvious as can be it's an open book yeah, even though when Stefan found out Elena was sired, he was jumping up and down with Lee. He said, yes. Yeah, he was like, I'm getting her back. <laughs> he said, woohoo, Stelena, we are not dead in the water. He said, we are getting it. We're getting it back. He said, Stefan girlies come out of the trenches. It's not over yet. <laughs> but Damon doesn't really want to talk to Stefan right now. So he leaves to go get a drink. But after he has walked away, Damon gets pretty quickly approached by a lady and gets tackled. Stefan hears this and he catches up and he throws the woman off and Stefan's like, what happened? And Damon's like, oh, she kissed me. And no duh, it is Miss Charlotte. Looking worse for wear. She's been on the street. Looking very much like strung out. Looking like someone who's been counting bricks for 70 years. Yeah. Like, and she, every once in a while she gets a new dress yeah. and like goes to get a blowout. Well, when she goes to get a blowout, she's like, I have to be facing outside so she can like be counting bricks while she's getting her hair done. Well, she has to go to a hair salon with exposed brick. It's got an exposed brick wall. Like she can't be in any building that doesn't have an exposed brick wall. She's like, what am I counting? What am I counting here? And when exposed brick like became trendy, she's like, oh my God, there's so many more bricks to count. (laughs) It's like, oh my God, I can finally try that new restaurant. Wait, you're telling me you guys put an exposed brick? (laughs) Make a reservation. She's like, why doesn't the Yelp page say anything about if this is an exposed exposed brick wall? I need to know that in the amenities. (laughs) She like calls the restaurant. She's like, you guys got exposed brick? And they're like, no. And she's like, okay, fuck you. She hangs up and doesn't even say anything. She's She's like, done. This girl makes Rebecca look healthy. (laughs) Yeah. And she says, oh my God, Damon, I always knew you'd come back for me. I must have counted literally every brick on every building in all of New Orleans. And Stefan says, wow, literally every brick. Emphasis on the literally. That's a big win for Stefan. And he rubs it in maybe a little too much, but it's kind of. But it's a big win. And let me say, if it was me, I'd be like, well, how many are there? Like out of curiosity. I mean, you counted. What's the total? Yeah, like I I would like to know. And if I'm Charlotte, I'd be pissed no one asked. Yeah, I'd be like, don't you want to know how many bricks you want to know how many there are? You ask me to count. Why'd you make me count them if you didn't want to know how many there are? Wouldn't it make you happy to know how many bricks there are? 
<laughs> do you know how many restaurants have exposed brick walls? And do you want to know which one has the most bricks in their exposed brick wall? I can tell you. Do you which one do you want to go to? Most or least? Or do you like middle? Do you like median? I personally like most because then I can spend more time eating my food because it takes me longer to count. If I'm in the one with a small brick wall, I, you know, I have to count really slow and eat really fast. And half the time I don't finish my food or I just leave before I pay for it because they didn't get there fast enough. And that's not really my fault. Yeah. And then they get mad at me and then they ban me. And then I have to kill them in the alley. It's a whole thing. It's a whole operation. Anyway, dinner. (laughs) Damon says, hey, Charlotte, please tell me that you have had a full life and you haven't just counted bricks. And then she goes on to lie. Does he ask her to? She says, of course I have. I'm not crazy. And he's like, I got to be honest with you, Charlotte. You look a little crazy. And, you know, every person who says I'm not crazy, that's a crazy person. Yeah. Stefan says, "Uh, then why are you still here? Great question by Stefan. She says, you know, when someone breaks up with you and there's a song that reminds you of them, at first you hate it and then it brings back the good memories. Counting the Bricks is my song and I've been playing it for decades. And Damon's like, oh, man. Stefan says, that's a really long time stuck listening to the same song. (laughs) Both Damon and Stefan are like, damn, it sucks to be you. Damon says, well, in the plus column. (laughs) The one thing in the plus column. Says, you know, New Orleans better than anyone else. So we need your help finding someone. And she says, anything to be useful to you, King. We go back over to the Salvatore house to girls night. They are dancing, drinking, fast running, and documenting it all on their AT&T phones. Look at that resolution. They can pause her in the middle of that run. You gotta love that. (laughs) AT&T. AT&T, the Dom Pignon of phone services. (laughs) And then we go up to Damon's bathroom where they're taking a little break from the dancing. Elena's laying in the bathtub. Bonnie and Caroline are sitting nearby. They're all laughing. And you see them. If you're sitting in a bathtub, the turn's coming. That's when you're about to turn. Go to bed. Stand up. If you've been drinking champagne and you're sitting in a bathtub, you're about to get in a fight with your friend. When you're (laughs) drinking champagne, you have to either keep drinking and stand up or go to bed and stop talking. Those are the two options that lead to no one fighting. Laying in a bathtub is certainly not one of them. Especially in Damon's room. Yeah. I mean, Elaine is clearly trying to steer the conversation because she wants to talk about how awesome Damon is because she's like, everyone thinks that. Yeah, she's like, I gotta say it. I gotta say it. It's like, I have to, I have to shout it from the rooftops. Bonnie shows them a video of Elena running vampire speed from her AT&T phone. And Elena says, I look like Superman. And then she pauses it on a really blurry frame. And she says, this year's Christmas card. You know, she's like running and it's like moving. It's like workshop it. Maybe that, not that for the card. She's like, oh, but Damon's not in this one. And then she's, uh, being a vampire is so weird. I love this bathtub. Why don't we hang out here more often? Caroline says, I know why. Cooties. Yeah, Caroline's like, I'm done. I've had it. I did two hours. That's more than fair. And then she says, think of all the germ-ridden skanks that Damon has lured into his den of iniquity. And she's laughing. And again, no way could Caroline have known how volatile this comment was when she said it. Yeah, she had no way of knowing that Elena was the skank du jour last night. Yeah. Like, she wouldn't assume that. So she was just doing a cute little joke. Immediately, Elena, like, sours. You can tell. It's like, yeah, immediately she's angry. And Caroline says, okay, I'm sorry. I've been good all night. I'm stopping now. And Elena says, no, don't stop on my account. Rip away. I mean, it's only Damon, right? And Caroline does bite on this. Yeah, she's like, okay, if you say so. Caroline says, we'll say what you will about Ripper Stefan, but at least he wasn't a man slut. Yeah, he also murdered a lot of people. I don't know. 
also was a little slutty in his ripper time. Was he? Who have we seen him hook up with? Rebecca. Oh, yeah. That's slutty vibes. That is slutty vibes. And Bonnie says, come on. She can see it spiraling out of her hand. Yeah, she's trying to get control of this. It's already gone a little too far for her to get a hold of it, but what can she do? And Elena decides to then jab at Caroline. She says, so what exactly was it about him that made you jump right into bed with him as soon as you met him? Caroline's like sexy. Caroline says, well, he is very sexy. Like, I can't deny that. German yeah. skanks come from somewhere. Uh, she says, well, I didn't know what a sociopathic narcissist he was. And also, Elena- He did compel her. He compelled her. Like, this <laughs> argument is, like, not very good. He did compel and abuse her. But yeah. Elena's grasping at anything to defend Damon right now. And there are better ways to defend him. I don't know why she went this route. Because she wants to knock Caroline down a peg. Unfortunately, she can do no such thing. Yeah. Caroline's much more secure than she is. Caroline's much more secure than Rebecca is. This comment would have knocked Rebecca off her axis for weeks. Yeah. (laughs) But Elena hasn't spurred with Caroline in quite some time. She's out of her league. Elena's been really only spurring with Rebecca, who, let's face it, easy target. Yeah. Low-hanging fruit. Caroline is not so. And look, Caroline may have hooked up with Damon, and a less secure person might have been embarrassed by that. But Caroline's like, no, he took advantage of me, and I wasn't who I am now. Like, I would never do that knowing him the way I do now. Yeah. So that's not like a read. Like, you would and you know him. Yeah, that's weirder. But then Elena tries to turn around and she's like, well, he's always been there for me when I needed him. Now, girl, even when you say this, you must know this isn't the point you think it is. (laughs) Also, like, he did kill your brother. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I make a lot of excuses for him killing your brother, but like, he's always there when you need him. Yeah, what about when he killed your brother? He killed a lurk a lot (laughs) and in front of you. I mean, look, again, a lot to defend Damon on, a lot to judge Stefan on. But yeah, he's always been there for me when I need him. Yeah, he did kill kill her It's an overstatement. And she knows it's an overstatement. Yeah. She's hoping no one's going to call her on it, which I don't know what room she thinks she's fucking in. And then Caroline, this is a little bit of a dig, but she does say it. She's like, well, yeah, because he's hoping you'll sleep with him. And unfortunately, see, Caroline has a couple digs in here that are way deeper than she intends them to be. Yeah. Because she doesn't know they had sex. (laughs) Yeah, she didn't realize how deep this was going to be. And then Elena says, well, maybe I did. And Caroline's like, okay, you did get me there. Caroline says, what? And even at this point, Bonnie's been trying to be a mediator, but Bonnie can't even do it. Bonnie's like, please, you didn't. And Elena didn't think Bonnie was side with Caroline. Wait, no one's excited about this? So then it's all spiraling from there. So Elena says, yeah. I did. I know you two have issues with him, but I'm happy. And I wanted to spend tonight with my best friend so I could tell him about it. And then she storms off. Then we go back to New Orleans. Catch it down in New Orleans. The boys walk into like a little witch shop. Damon says, hey, we're looking for a witch. No time for pleasantries. And they run into this woman named Nandi. And that's on the board. So that's how we know her name. Mm-hmm. She's played by Adina Porter. Adina Porter, known mostly for a number of roles on American Horror Story. She started appearing in Roanoke. And I think she went all until this last season that was a doubleheader. Loved her in Roanoke. So we love Adina Porter. Glad to see her working. Mm-hmm. She says, I don't understand. Nice try. Girl. <laughs> Damon says, okay, let's just skip the part where you pretend you don't know what we're talking about. We need a spell to break a vampire cyberbond. There was a witch here named Val. And Nandi says, my great-grandmother. And look, I'm not a math expert, but this does seem way too far for the age she is. This does seem too far, but I don't really have a good standard of how old a great-grandmother is because I never had a living one. Yeah. So I was kind of like, okay, that seems kind of 
like high, but whatever. Well, and it's hard to tell how old she is. And when I'm watching the Vampire Diaries, I'm not here to do math. Okay? I'm not doing math. So I was like, sure, you got a grandmother, fine. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Don't tell me anything else. <laughs> and Damon says she had a grimoire and a spell. And then we do a flashback to the same shop in 1942. And Val is really putting on her sales pitch voice. <laughs> Val says the magic you're talking about is dark, powerful magic. Magic like this does not come cheap. And Damon like sees a girl in the background. We find out why later we see her. And Damon says, how much? We know money is no object because the Salvatores have many fortunes. Mm-hmm. Val says money won't cut it here, pretty one. And he's like, okay, what well, will? Like- he said, just get to the point. He's like, just tell me what I got to do. She says, dark magic draws power from dark places. Casting the spell you need requires the sacrifice of 12 human souls. And Damon says, deal. (laughs) He says, you got it. 12? Awesome. Yeah, just 12? Now, this is interesting because... Yeah, this number is an obvious thing to pay attention to. Yeah, earlier in season four, there was another sacrifice of 12 human souls. Oh, I didn't even catch that there were 12 of them. Oh, I was thinking about the 12 unsired hybrids. Oh, fair. I forgot that there were 12. I was so focused on the hybrid number because we got that this episode. Yeah. It's okay because Stefan and Damon don't connect that to the 12 human souls in the council either. Yeah. We go back to the present day and Stefan says, you brought me here knowing the spell requires a human sacrifice. And Damon says, well, I was hoping the recipe changed. Yeah. Now when? <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, I didn't tell you because you wouldn't have been supportive. Like, this is what we're at. Yeah. Do you want Elena unsired or not? And Nandi says, okay, well, there's no magic like that here. I sell herbs. I dress it up with like witchy woo stuff for the tourists, but I don't practice. And Damon says, well, can you point us in the direction of someone who can break the sire bond and then flake on us like old Val did? Because it's interesting because we find out you needed 12 human sacrifices to break the sire bond. And at this point, it's pretty clear Damon did that. And it's like, then why is this bitch still sired? Yeah, he should have been asking that question. Yeah. He assumed the witch flaked, which I don't know why that is what you think happened, but whatever. He doesn't have a good track record with witches, Damon. Yeah. Nandi says, well, there's no one. All of Val's stuff is gone. We lost it all during Katrina. All the grimoires, all everything. If a spell like that existed, it's gone for good. So we go back up to the Salvatore house. Elena's throwing a little tantrum downstairs because people are so mad that she fell in love with the guy who killed her brother. <laughs> and her boyfriend's brother. You know, let's, yeah. let's remember that. <laughs> Bonnie says, come here, Elena. And Elena says, no, party's over. You guys need to leave. And Caroline says, don't be mad. We're just looking out for you. Elena says, do you think it makes me happy that you guys hate him? I get his track record is kind of spotty, but I don't hate him. I can't. He's, she goes like, I think I'm falling in love with him. And Caroline's like, no, no. And you can like, yes, Caroline promised Stefan she wouldn't tell Elena this. And this is something that Caroline should have kept in, but you could not expect her to do it after Elena said that. Yeah, Caroline's like, no, I'm sorry. I have to say it. She's been keeping it in through a lot of bullshit tonight. And she says, I think I'm falling with him. Caroline says, you're not falling in love with him. You're sired to him. Caroline had to say it. I'm not mad at her for this. Yeah. And again, Caroline's the best one to tell her this. Well, and it's like anyone else who knew, they would have broken long before this to tell Elena. Caroline did her very best, but she was pushed to the edge. Yeah. And Bonnie says, what? Because Bonnie was trying to be supportive of Elena, but she can't She can't deal with that. She's like, ooh, I am now on Caroline's side, definitely. Yeah. I was already leaning. And Elena says, what are you talking about? And Caroline says, I'm sorry that it came out like that, but it's true. 
Damon's blood turned you. And you remember you couldn't drink animal blood or blood bags because he told you not to. And now you can drink blood bags. Like, yeah, 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 yada, yada. Yeah, outlining the evidence as it stands. The blood evidence is, it's a great thing to prove to Damon. And it's a great thing to say to Elena because it is so foolproof evidence of a sire bond that they have to be like, fuck. It would be such an insane coincidence if she just happened to be able to drink it without like that after Damon told her to try it. Like, it's so hard to ignore. But she says, no, there is no way. And Bonnie says, are you sure? And Caroline says, yeah. Ask Stefan. He can explain it better than I can. Now this pisses Elena right off. Caroline should not at all have said anything about Stefan. She should not have thrown Stefan under the bus like this. Because that gives something else for Elena to latch onto rather than reckon with the sire thing. Because then she can be mad that, you know. That Stefan won't let her move on. Yeah, she's, well, she's mad that Stefan won't let her move on. She's mad that, you know, Elena's mad that Caroline and Stefan are close. Yeah, she's mad that they're like teaming up against her and Damon. Yeah, exactly. So Elena says, you talk to Stefan about this, which I also do, to be fair, Elena's coming from a huge place of emotion, but I do get this because Elena doesn't want to talk, doesn't want anyone to talk to Stefan about her relationship with Damon because she's still figuring it out and she kind of wants to be the one to tell him anything. Yeah, she does. She wants to be able to break this news to him, especially like she's like, wait, you're talking to Stefan. Well, don't tell him it sucks with Damon. Yeah. Keep that one locked up. Unlike this one that you didn't keep locked yeah. up. And Caroline says, it's not your fault, Elena, which is a nice thing to say. But then she does say Damon took advantage, which isn't entirely fair because any advantage that Damon took of Elena in this period was not conscious because he didn't know she was sired. So he was just telling her things and she was on board. And he was like, oh my God, she agrees with me. Yeah, like he wasn't actively taking advantage of her because he didn't know. He thought that she just had finally come around on him, which is a fair thought considering like how the feelings had been going. Yeah, this is enough for Elena to be like, I'm done with this conversation. She says, you need to leave now. And Bonnie and Caroline are like, come on, Elena. And Elena says, I said, leave. And she opens the door and Kim and Adrian are standing there. And they're probably like, oh, nice. Kim says, hey, girls. They all fight. Adrian fights with Elena. Kim fights with Caroline. Bonnie does some little spell that makes the lights flash and whatever. Yeah, she doesn't have her aneurysm spell back yet, I guess. Yeah. Spirits took that one. Yeah. I guess expression doesn't let you do that. Yeah. They let you kill people, but they don't let you do aneurysms. (laughs) That's just unethical. (laughs) Kim says, stop. One bite from a hybrid and she's dead, remember? So Bonnie stops her spell. And then Kim and Adrian take Caroline and they leave Bonnie and Elena there. Of course. Everybody wants Caroline. Then we go back to New Orleans. On the street, Damon and Stefan are talking about visiting Nandi. And Damon says, the witch is lying, doesn't practice my ass. And Stefan says, human sacrifice, because he can't get past that. Yeah, because that is a big reveal for him. He says, did you really think I would go for this? And Damon says, well, extreme circumstances call for extreme measures. And Stefan says, did you kill those 12 people in 1942? Damon says, yes, I did. (laughs) And I would do it again in a heartbeat if it meant a clean slate with Elena. Now, are you going to help me good cop, bad cop this witch or not? It is what it is. Stefan's like, yeah, I kind of would kill 12 people for Elena. I hate to admit it. But... He's like, I can kill 20. Yeah. You want an extra? Yeah. Will more help? <laughs> will more make it faster? If I throw in five more, will she also forget all the time she spent with Damon since she turned into a vampire? Then we go out to the woods. Tyler and Elena are walking together. Tyler's on the phone with Haley and he says, I get it, Haley. I'll find them and get them in line. Okay, so who's the alpha once again? Yeah. Who are you serving now, buddy? And then Elena... 
is on, I think she's reading text. She says, Bonnie had no luck with the locator spell. And Tyler says, well, they've got to be here because they're not dumb enough to risk getting caught by Klaus in town. And Elena says, what do they want with Caroline? And Tyler says, it's a whole thing. Kim's trying to prove she's the alpha. If I can make her submit, the pack will fall in line. We can get them free of Klaus. You'd think they would fall in line with how much they hate him. You would think. And Elena says, but Adrian doesn't hate him, does he? Because he's still sired. And Tyler says, "Mm, sired doesn't mean you feel differently about someone. I hated Klaus, but I still did everything he said. The bond affects how you act, not how you feel. And Elena's like, oh, okay, good to know. She's like, that makes me feel a little better. Elena says, can I quote you on that? (laughs) <laughs> he's like can you tell stephanie damon that yeah she's like good to know good to know but then they hear caroline scream so they gotta go that conversation's done then we go back to new orleans we go back to nandi's shop the boys return well first damon returns he comes in by himself mm-hmm. and she says what are you doing here and damon says i'm calling you out you're not val's great granddaughter you're her daughter we do the flashback and we see the little girl from earlier and i guess that's she's writing her name like 50 times on the paper so we're like okay we get it that's her yes she seems like she was a whole bunch of fun on the playground yeah. He says, you're 80 years old and you don't look a day over 50. You're a practicing witch. And she says, get out of my store. And he says, give me what I want. He tries to approach her and she does the aneurysm thing. She says, I gave you a chance to leave with your life. And Stefan comes in, good cop. He says, hey, wait, we don't want any trouble. We just need your help. And she says, I told you there's no one here who can help you. The kind of magic my mother practiced was unnatural. Witches don't even call it magic. We call it expression. We'll keep that in our brain for later. And we've been thinking different kind of magic that wasn't called dark magic. So we're all getting ready for that reveal. Nandi releases Damon and Stefan says, oh, is that like black magic? And she says, no, it's worse. It's channeling the power of human sacrifices, which calls on darkness that can't exist in this plane without swallowing it whole. Basically, she says, like, Val sold you a bill of goods about breaking the sire bond so that she could have access to that power. And you gave it to her when you killed those 12 people. So she didn't even break the sire bond. She just needed someone to kill 12 people. And she never had any way to break the sire bond. She just told him, like, oh, can you kill 12 people? And he said, sure. And he's like, sure. And then he was like, OK, go count bricks. And then the sire bond will be broken eventually. So see you never. So Damon says, are you saying there's no spell? And she says, the bond can't be broken with magic. A vampire only bonds to her sire when she has feelings for him before she turns. Human feelings. Vampirism only heightens these emotions. And Stefan's like, shut up. And Damon goes, ha! (laughs) Damon's like, oh, I got him. It's a big win for Damon. And then Damon gets knocked right back down because she says, oh, you want her free? You have to set her free. Tell her to live her life without you and never think of you again to stop caring about you, and then leave her. That's the only way around the sire bond. And Damon's like, that's the only one? Damon says, you sure? He's like, that's not some other secret one you're keeping from me because you're mad. He said, what if I kill 24 people? (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it. (laughs) Then we go over to the stables. Kim is torturing Caroline. She's like breaking her wrist again and again. Caroline's like, okay. Caroline asks why Kim is doing this, and Kim says to show Tyler who's in charge. Tyler comes in with Elena and he says, stop it, Kim. Caroline's with us. We're all on the same team. And Kim says, "Mm, she's on your team, not mine. Fair, because remember, like two episodes ago, Caroline did kill a hybrid. Yeah, Caroline did sign off on one of the hybrids getting filled. And then all the other hybrids fill in surrounding Tyler and Elena. And Kim's like, ha ha. Tyler tells Kim to stop. Adrian says, hey, Kim, ease up. Klaus isn't going to like this. Yeah, because of course Adrian is still sired to Klaus. Yeah, he's like, I hate to be this guy. 
but Klaus isn't going to be good with this. Isn't anybody else worried what Klaus is going to think? It's like, okay, I'm going to say it. We're all thinking it. Klaus is not going to like this. Everyone's like, we don't care anymore. You're the only one left who cares. Kim says, oh, yeah, that's a good point. You think he'll like this? And then she takes out a steak. And Tyler's like, Kim, please don't do that. And Elena says, oh, hey, uh, you want to hit Klaus where it hurts? Torture me instead. He's fixated on keeping me alive if you want real revenge. Real friend. You got to give it to Elena. This is really nice, despite the fact that they got in a big fight earlier. She's still risking herself to save Caroline's life. And so Kim goes, and I think she like hits Elena with the stake in the neck, I think. But this offers up the opportunity because there's more movement than people expected, I guess, for Tyler to break free. So he reaches into Kim's chest and grabs her heart. Classic bargaining chip. Yes. And he says, okay, stay back. I'll rip her heart out right now. And then they all stand back. And Tyler says, Kim put you all at risk today. But I'm not going to hurt her because I'm not Klaus. I don't kill and torture my own friends to get what I want. What a spin. He's slaying it. Tyler. Super kinging today. Tyler is not always known for saying the right thing at the right time. But damn, if he doesn't slay here. Yeah, he he ate. He says, we broke the Sire Bond. But if you want to be free, we have to work together. No one can step out of line. You're either with me or against me. And then he turns to Kim and he says, submit or you die. And Kim says, okay. The only option here, honestly, for Kim to stay in power is to call his bluff because he said he didn't want to hurt Kim. Mm -hmm. But Kim doesn't want to die, so she can't call that bluff. So Kim says, I'm sorry. Because I feel bad about how that went. She said, I did let it get out of my hands there. (laughs) Well, you would think Haley would be watching this because if one, which she is kind of watching it from afar, but you would think she would try to be here to limit this because she was getting dangerously close to losing a hybrid today. Yeah, because imagine if Tyler killed Kim and then it's like, oh, I guess you're part of the sacrifice. I guess you're dying. (laughs) And so he takes his hand out of Kim's heart, out of Kim's chest. He lets her live and she kneels to him. And then the rest of the hybrids all kneel to him. And Elena's like, well, I'm going to stay standing. Yeah, Elena's like, well, I'm not going to kneel, but that's pretty dope. Okay, our friend's an alpha now. We haven't explored the idea of an alpha in werewolves on this show before, just because we... We don't generally see large packs. Yeah, we haven't had a lot of packs. We only had really one pack, which was Jules and Brady and like one other guy. Yeah. And And Jules was clearly the alpha there, even though I'm sure Brady thought he was the alpha. We didn't really explore that dynamic at all. This is the first time we're really exploring the alpha dynamic with Tyler in that role. Go King. Go King. So then we go back to New Orleans. Charlotte and Damon are sitting down for a nice little breakfast. And Charlotte says, so you're just going to leave me again? (laughs) She was like, I waited 70 years. Damon says, well, I need to get on with my life. Boy, you've already gotten on with your life. Um, And then he says, and so do you. And then he goes into his little thing. He says, if you want to make me happy, you'll live without me. Forget about me. Never think of me again. Find someone new and be happier than ever. She's crying during all of this. So he Mm -hmm. says, please stop crying. (laughs) And so she stops because he told her to. Yeah. And she says, I'm never going to be able to forget about you. And he says, Yes, you are. And I'm never going to be happy until you realize that you're never going to have the life you deserve if I'm in it. He gets up, says goodbye and leaves. So we'll see if that works. Yeah. See if that does it. Yeah, that, this is rehearsal. Yeah. <laughs> Outside, Damon joins Stefan and Damon says, well, I set her free. And Stefan says, must have been hard doing the right thing, even when it's something you don't want to do. Now, this is a little pointed in an unfair way. And also, this couldn't have been that hard because he doesn't give a fuck about Charlotte. Yeah, this was a super easy thing for him to do. 
So Stefan, now you're on an unearned high horse. Yeah. So get off it. He was already up there. He didn't know he had to get down. Yeah. <laughs> Damon says, okay, get to the point. You don't think I'm going to be able to do what I need to do when I have to tell Elena to stay away from me. And that's a fair fear. Yes. Because this is asking a lot of him. And I do think the right thing with Charlotte is absolutely to say like, is to white fang her, to say you're yeah. better off without me, get out of here. The right thing with Elena is a little more multifaceted because yes, she is sired to him, but by now they've pretty much confirmed that she's not a totally unwilling participant in her emotions. Well, she's confirmed that they have not really. Well, Nandi told them as much. Oh yeah, I guess. Nandi yeah. told them like it only happens when they, when the subject has feelings first. Yeah, yeah. Stefan said, la, 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 la. Stefan said, that. I didn't hear that. Stefan said, Nandi said that? I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't hear her say that. I think you're... I think you're making that up. So I think the right thing is more multifaceted. And I think Stefan doesn't want to admit that. So he's like, well, I guess you got to tell Elena to let you go. Well, and there's also this question of like, if he just said, you have to let me go, don't live your life with me if you don't want to, goodbye. And then like, if he came back in a week, like, would she be unsired? Yeah, exactly. It's hard like, to say. Like, there's a question of that. Like, he know? says, never think about me again. If he ever runs into Charlotte again, she's like, oh, I haven't thought about you, but now here you are. Yeah. You want me to count bricks? <laughs> yeah. Can I show you my favorite song? And then she just stands in front of a wall. I do have a question that I don't think is really important because I think it was just like not something the writers felt like touching on. Sure. But the feelings for someone before you turn and like how long Charlotte waited for Damon, was Damon sired to Catherine? That's a question to think about. That is a question to think about, isn't it? You know, they might just have not mentioned it because it was early in the show, but also like Catherine did eventually have to be like, no. Yeah. Don't like, don't be into me. And then he stopped being into her. Interesting. It's just something I'm thinking about potentially Stefan too, but we haven't seen Stefan act like he was sired, but just because the feelings before turning- is a question brought up. Here's what I will say about the Vampire Diaries. We're getting into the time period now where we're going to start seeing some plot holes, <laughs> which is fair. And that's okay. They didn't plan for this to be the topic. I get so, it. So this plot hole is pretty, I think, overt. Is like they are saying that the sire bond between vampires is one in a million. And then they're saying like, oh, but actually it happens if like the person has feelings before they turn. And we can assume that I mean, I guess we can't really assume this, but the odds of someone being turned because they are in love with a vampire must be higher than one in a million. Yeah, like we think about Lexi's boyfriend. Exactly. Turned her. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that every person who's ever been turned was turned because they were in love with someone, but that has to be like kind of common. Even Finn and Sage. Yeah. And it's hard because they, at the time that Caroline had just been turned, she seemed to be like doing what Catherine said a lot. And I think we were kind of meant to believe that it was because Catherine turned her. So the sire bond thing between vampires has a lot of like plot holes that like the writers are like, this is how it works in this situation. And we're going to decide how it works whenever we decide to use it. Well, here's me playing writer's advocate. Sure. Go for it. To give an explanation for this. Sure. That it might depend on the nature of the feelings before you turn. Like, I think there's a fair reaction to like want to help out the person who turned you Mm-hmm. especially we see like Ben and Anna because they saved them from death that like Ben was so excited about immortality and saving from death and things like that so I think there is this level of thankfulness that may not be a full-fledged sire bond but like you are you know turned by someone there's some connection there there's always going to be a connection yeah. there and so maybe this feelings before turning it depends on the strength of the feelings and the type of the feelings yes yeah. 
I do think you're right because then it's like the argument that they would make, I think, is like, yeah, Damon had feelings for Catherine, but it was really like puppy love. Whereas Elena has like true love for Damon is like, yeah, basically they've set up rules that can kind of weave and fit to whatever storyline they want them to fit to. Yeah. Well, let's be honest about Catherine. You don't really need to be sired to do what she asks you to do. She's pretty manipulative in that way. Yeah. So whether or not he was sired, it's kind of irrelevant. I just wanted to bring that up as a question. I mean, I don't think that's something we'll ever get an answer to because I just don't think they had written this thought process in at that point. Of course not. Just bringing it up. That's the thing. And I think at this point, they're not going to bring it up. Because why would they? Stefan says to Damon, selflessness isn't one of your most obvious character traits. It's not the most obvious because true selflessness is quiet. Yeah, but let's not pretend that Damon's known for his selflessness. He's he's not. He's not. (laughs) It's not one of his most obvious nor his most prominent. Yeah, but sometimes. But he's also, you know, Damon is very picky and choosy with who he chooses to be selfless with. And yes, he does often choose to be selfless with Stefan and Elena, but he does choose to be selfish with, say, Lexi. Yeah. So, you know, Stefan is kind of right here. And Damon says, you know, one of these days you're going to realize you don't know me half as well as you think. He hails a cab which flashes us back to 1942 at Union Station in New Orleans. Catch it down in New Orleans. Damon gets out of the cab. He's in a war outfit. He's looking so hot and sexy. He's got his little hat on. Unlucky for him, Lexi finds him because <laughs> she knew he wasn't going to bow down. She says, hey, Damon, I know what you did and you're not going overseas with Stefan. Do you understand me? Damon says, well, Uncle Sam begs to differ. Lexi says, you just killed 12 innocent people. He should have waited to kill 12 innocent people until he went to war. (laughs) Jesus, just kill people on the battlefield. Damon says, how do you know they didn't have it coming? Boy, there were 12 of them. A mass murder is usually innocent people. You didn't find 12 murderers in a day. Maybe one or two had it coming. And maybe another couple, you could make the argument. But... I doubt all of them. And Lexi says, you know, your brother has spent the last 20 years wrapped with guilt, fighting the temptation to drink human blood. He's serving in war as penance for the pain he's caused. If he finds out what you did, he'll want to know how it is you function without guilt for the things you do. He'll turn to you for guidance like he did before, and he'll become the Ripper of Monterey all over again. This is kind of a leap, but the logic tracks. I think this is a good read on how Stefan would react. Not really Damon's fault, but I think it's a fair read of how Stefan would react and how Damon would like, like, well, maybe this time he can handle it. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think it's Damon's fault, but it is like, yeah, Stefan's got his own problems. But if he's going to be a ripper, where's the place to do it? Yeah, might as well rip some Nazis. Yeah, get your inglorious bastards on. Yeah. Damon says, I've pretty much been on my own since our little falling out in 1912. Did you ever think that I just need my little brother? And Lexi says, yeah, that's why you can't go. It might be good for you, Damon, but it will destroy Stefan. And this is a great point because I do feel for Damon that he does just want his brother. Yeah, he wants to bond with his brother again. He hasn't seen him in years and he finally feels like they're at a place where they could maybe have a relationship. And now he's being told like, no. But I do think Lexi's right. And this isn't Damon's fault, but that Stefan is in a fragile part of his life right now Mm -hmm. where he can't have wild cards. I do think Lexi's right, but it's just unfortunate for Damon where it's like, 
why do I have to be selfless and not have my brother around? Like, because he can't handle it. Like, I just want to hang out with my brother. Like, why can't he handle that with me? Because also Damon's just sitting here waiting for Catherine to wake up. He's like, I would love someone else to pass the time with. Yeah. And Lexi says, you know, for once you need to put someone else in front of yourself. You need to let him go. And Damon looks at him. Stefan's looking for Damon. And Damon says, good luck, brother, and leaves. So now that is two wars that Damon has deserted. <laughs> Fuck the military. Yeah. Also, after watching this scene, it's like, okay, I'm starting to think when you killed Lexi, it was a little bit more personal than you let on. Then <laughs> <laughs> we go back to present day. And Damon has told Stefan this story. And Stefan says, I didn't know about that. And Damon says, yeah, next time I'll hang a billboard. Damon's like, yeah, that's the point of it being selfless. I didn't yeah. tell you. Then Stefan gets very mature here. He says, I know it may seem like I'm being unfair about this, like I'm upset about losing Elena to you, and I am. But after all this is over, if she never feels the same way about me as she used to, at least it'll be her choice. And again, Stefan's kind of grasping onto anything to be proof that Elena really wanted to choose him and something threw her off. Yeah. And so I think he really honestly thinks that she'll come back to him. And so it's easy yeah. for him to be like, hey, whatever she chooses is fine with me. Yeah, exactly. He's like, whatever she chooses is fine. And once she's unsired, she'll choose, she'll choose me, me. And that'll be fine. And it'll just go back to normal. And you'll get over it. Yeah, which is a delusion. But that's what's making Stefan sleep at night. And yeah. Damon says, ah, the dreaded C word, referring to choice. Yeah, in case we were confused. And then Damon says, I know what I have to do, Stefan. And they get in the cab. Then we go over to the Salvatore house. Elena and Caroline run into each other downstairs. Caroline hugs her and says, I'm so sorry. And then she says, if you don't start hugging me back, this is going to be awkward. And Elena says, you have my hands pinned down. So, <laughs> And so Caroline lets the hands go and they hug again. And Caroline says, I'm a jerk. I promise to never again judge ever. Girly. <laughs> Girl, be honest. Let's be realistic. You can't promise that. <laughs> and no one expects you to do that. Elena says, just please don't tell Stefan about me and Damon. I promise I'll tell him. I just need to figure some stuff out first. Caroline says, of course. Bonnie comes out into the hallway and says, you guys friends again? Thank God. She's like, I do not have the energy to repair this friendship all the time. Caroline says, yeah, well, she saved my life in spite of me being a nasty, bad witch. And Elena says, thankfully, we had her a good witch. Where? <laughs> she flashed some lights and then let Caroline get kidnapped. Yeah. No Bonnie slander on this podcast, but let's be honest, she was not her most useful. I meant good witch in the fact that like where in the fact that she's using expression and not good magic anymore. Yeah, we would never slander Bonnie, but we will slander Shane. Shane. <laughs> Elena says, you know, your haughty, creepy professor really knows his stuff. Elena admitting that Shane is creepy, but also being so attracted to him. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, we've all seen her picker. Yeah. Bonnie says, yeah, it's been baby steps, but he's been helping me with a whole new kind of magic. He calls it expression. And it's like, yep. So let's talk about expression. So what we know about expression is that that's the magic Shane is teaching to Bonnie. And Nandy told us it requires channeling power from human sacrifices. Does this change what you think Shane is involved with Bonnie for? What do you think Bonnie's getting into here? You know, it's not a coincidence that it's 12 hybrids also. I think we do have the 12 human sacrifices of the Council B squad that could be pulling power from like that space, like we've seen with the witch house. But I also think the 12 hybrids is like, cause it's all about pulling darkness, like to create a vacuum is essentially what she said. And I think there's a potential that pulling like supernatural, potentially like the most supernatural creatures cause they're hybrids. So they're like a double, like that creates even more power. Mm -hmm. And that could be why Shane is doing it. And I 
think that this goes back to that Silas person. Oh, interesting. Of opening up some kind of wormhole to that power. Mm -hmm. So let's tie in Shane. We'll continue to talk about expression as we get to the end of the episode. As we go to Shane's office, Haley is sitting there. When Shane comes in, Shane says, ever heard of a text message? And she's like, you wouldn't let me in, first of all. (laughs) And so Haley says, look, Adrian finished breaking the sire bond. You have your 12 hybrids. Now, where are my parents? (laughs) Shane. Shane is so so messy for this. Shane says, they're dead. (laughs) He couldn't even give her the USB drive to figure this out on her own. He had to just lead with this. Yeah. She says, you lied to me. And he says, no, I said, I'd tell you where to find them. And then he holds the flash drive up and says, this is everything you ever wanted to know, including where they're buried. He is so wrong for this. He's so wrong for this. But but to be fair to Shane, this is Shane's kind of thing. This is what he said to Connor, too. He'll be like, yeah. oh, yeah, I'll tell you what that ma- what the Merc means when you complete it. And if Connor yeah. wanted to believe it had something to do with him, that's on Connor. Shane said nothing. So to be fair, Shane said to Haley, I'll help you find your parents. I can find information on your parents. Yeah. That's on Haley. It's not Shane's fault that they're dead. I mean, maybe it is. Yeah, it's on Haley for just like assuming they're going to be alive. Yeah. No offense. We're not getting like, I don't know. There's six hybrids. Give me one parent. Yeah, exactly. Haley was a poor negotiator. She got monkeys pod here. <laughs> yeah. And that was purposeful by Shane. He was yeah. like, he was choosing to do this. And he knew that he was giving her dead parents. I'm sure he knew before the first hybrid was turned. Was uh, yeah, he, she came in and she was like, if you can tell me about my parents, like I'll help you get your hi- hybrids. He said, oh sure. And then he Googled them and immediately was like, oh yeah, they're super dead. Well, they're dead, super easy. He's like, I don't even have to go hunt them down. I'll use this flash drive. It's got other stuff on it. I don't need a ton of free space. <laughs> He's like, and on the flash drive, a little gift for you. There are pictures of my penis. And a pirated copy of Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to pay for it. Pocahontas ripoff, which, you know, now that I've watched it, it's not. It's actually more than that. I'm really excited for the sequel. They say it's coming soon. They say it's going to come in like two years as as I'm in 2012. I hope it's good. I can't wait. <laughs> I love James Cameron. <laughs> I tried to fit Titanic on this flash drive, but do you know how long that fucking movie is? It's really long. I would have had to delete some of my dick pics and I wasn't going to do that. And I, I felt like those were just really special. Because you never know when you're going to need them. <laughs> and then in that, there's a link to a Google Maps address. That's the cemetery where your parents yeah. are buried. <laughs> Haley is, not surprisingly, pretty pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And she says, you just picked a fight with a werewolf. But it's funny because she always says werewolf. <laughs> and he says, hey, easy killer. I'm not declaring war. And then he says... Just because they're dead doesn't mean you can't see them again. This is far from over, Haley. We are the beginning. Now, what the fuck does that mean? So this is when I started thinking about the council again. Partially the other side, which, you know what? Let's let's go this way again. New direction with the sacrifices. So we know that it opens up, you know, this. Well, you assume that it opens up a, a, a wormhole of some sort. A wormhole of some sort. But it opens up like this to allow dark magic in that is not normally allowed in. Sure. That we have confirmed. Semi. That we have implied. Yeah, that's what the witch said. So that happens with 12 humans. We have 12 hybrids, which I said already. Heavy hitters because they're double supernatural creatures. Maybe he wants to just soften that line between dead and alive, other side and current place. I feel like it has to be dead and alive if he wants the council to come back. All this leading to Alaric Saltzman back in her life. Here's the one problem. Humans don't go to the other side. No, that's what I'm saying. So it would have to be... So if he wants the council back, it would have to be something different. 
I don't know if he wants the council back. He might just need the power. From sure. Them. He might just want to access the other side. Yeah. Because, yeah, maybe he needs access to the other side, but he doesn't have access to it because he's not a witch or medium. And he's implying to Haley that if what he's doing is successful, then she can meet her parents. We have to assume at least one of her parents is, is supernatural because where else would you get the werewolf gene? Yeah. Either had the gene or was a full werewolf. Yeah. Why do you think Shane wants to communicate with the other side? And I, I will touch the Alaric thing. Well, but let's talk Shane first. Why do you think he wants to contact the other side? Well, I mean, I'm sticking with this Silas thing as one. Do you think Silas is on the other side right now? Yeah, because he's dead, right? Yeah, he has a tombstone. So that's a fair assumption. It's a tombstone. Well, well, he's like desiccated or something. So maybe he could. Yeah, we don't have a ton of confirmation on what Silas is up to, but you can assume he's dead. I'm just bringing up Silas because I feel like that's a big part of Shane's story. You think Silas ties in here somehow? Yeah, because he gave a whole little bit on it. So it felt yeah, like important he, to him. He said too much about Silas for it to not be And important. they named him Silas. So, you know, so why does he want to get to the other side? Yeah, he wants a lurk back. No, he doesn't want a lurk back. <laughs> he doesn't know a lurk. Yeah. What does he benefit from having like the line between the other side and the current world blurred? Does it tie to Silas? I think it could tie to Silas to bring, like if Silas is dead, to bring him back into the current world. I've said a lot about, I think Shane's main motivator is power. Now, whether that's true or not remains to be seen, but I have leaned on that and I guess I'll continue to do that. But I think there's also this potential of like, if he can open up that realm, like maybe there's better movement between the human and supernatural and he wants to reach some sort of supernatural plane. Like maybe he wants to have some sort of like, access to magic and expression and he thinks if he softens that line and like gets in good with the spirits or like has some like bargaining chip for the spirits because we know he doesn't want bonnie talking to the spirits working with the spirits oh, sure. so maybe he wants to overtake like that witch because we know witches have control on the other side oh yeah so maybe he goes up to the witches on the other side and says hey girlies i just like soften the line if you want me to harden that line again gotta make me a witch yeah something like that to take advantage of the spirits sure So how does the hunter's mark play into all of this? I think that could help soften the other side in the way that that could be how the cure is related, because we know in transition, the person is both in the real world and on the other side before they complete the transition. Mm -hmm. And we saw a lurk, good lurk on the other side, but had not seen good lurk in a long time and only saw bad lurk on the normal side. So maybe there is some sort of split between supernatural and natural when that change happens, that there is some level of the other side or some side that you can access to sure. either cure or like take power. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's how the cure fits in. And so you're still fixated on the fact that you think Alaric's going to come back to life. Yeah. I just wanted to throw that out because I haven't said it in a couple of weeks and I don't want people to think that I've given up on it. You haven't given up on Alaric yet. And you think the reason Alaric would come back would be because the line between the other side and the real world is like softened or whatever. Yeah. Or maybe there is this switch between good and evil that like then evil can get sent back up and good can somehow live, even though evil is dead. Do you think anyone else will maybe rejoin our team? Anyone else who's died? That's a good question. I think the only potential I can see would be Sheila. Okay. Because, you know, she could maybe want to help Bonnie or soften that or something. Like, I don't think we'll see Jenna, Vicky, Anna. We've kind of dealt with all those. And I think because mm-hmm. it is an other side situation, it seems th- that the focus is on that. That I think once you're at peace, like you're not involved in any of this. You're, you're past that. Then we go over to the Forbes house. Caroline and Stefan are debriefing. Caroline says, you feel sorry for him? <laughs> and Stefan says, 
look, there's no other way to break a vampire's cyber bond. And as much as you and I both hate it, Damon does love Elena and he has to completely let her go. I just can't imagine having to do that. Yeah, Stefan's like, I'm glad it's not me. And Caroline says, I'm sorry I told her. I kind of didn't have a choice. She did have a choice, but she was pushed. Not even the strongest among us could have gotten past that. I would have dropped it earlier Yeah, she did. And then Caroline says, all I know is he better do what he's supposed to do. And Stefan says, he'll do it. You know, he's not as bad as he wants you to think. He told me that he would do what he needs to do. And Caroline says, is that all he told you? Girl, if you don't. (laughs) And then she gets away from that. She's like, oh yeah, I'm not supposed to tell him that. She says, it's just, how can you trust him? And Stefan says, because I think he loves her as much as I do and he can't be selfish with her anymore. He never has been selfish with her. Yeah, the one person. (laughs) Then go over to the Salvatore house. Elena's cleaning up girls' night, empty bottles clinking together. Damon comes home and they say, hey. She says, how was your night? He says, awful. He says, how was yours? And she says, same. And then he says, we need to talk. And she says, well, I know I'm sired to you. Caroline told me. So I'm assuming that's what you and Stefan were doing. So let's get to the point. Is there a way to break it? And he says, well, not exactly, which is why we need to talk. And she says, well, how about this? Tyler told me (laughs) that the bond doesn't affect how I feel, just the way I act. And my feelings for you haven't changed. Like nothing's changed. And he says, well, kind of everything has changed. Yeah, it kind of seems like she's like, you don't have to worry about breaking it. Like, and she says, I'm cool. Now that we're aware of it, just don't ask me to do things. She says, me, I love being sired. Yeah, she's like, I'm okay with this if we can have sex again. Which is exactly what someone who is sired would say. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's a problem. She says, sure, everything's changed. I mean, I've changed. So have you. I'm happy. Just like you were yesterday morning before we knew about any of this. Of course he was happy before he knew about any of that. He was ignorant to it. He says, you know what would make me happy? To know that this entire time that I've been completely in love with you, that what you actually felt for me was real. And she says, well, <laughs> we're in luck. It, it, it's real. <laughs> I know it is. And I know what you're about to do. And please don't do this to me. Do not white fang me. And he says, I don't want to do this. I'm not the good guy. Remember, I'm the selfish one. I take what I want. I do what I want. I lie to my brother. I fall in love with his girl. I'm a liability. I don't do the right thing, but I have to do the right thing by you. He loves to do this monologue right before doing a selfless thing. And it's like, you do it every time. This monologue is losing its power. Damon loves this monologue. He's got these, he's off book on these lines. And then she puts his hand to her heart and she says, does this feel wrong? Except to her, it wouldn't be beating because she's a vampire. So really, it's just her boobs. <laughs> she <laughs> touches his face and she goes, does this feel wrong? And then they stare at each other. It looks like they're going to kiss. Yeah. And the episode ends. So let me ask the first question. Do you think he white fanged her or you think he wimped out? I'll lead with this, right? Okay. He's not leaving town. Sure. Let's start there. So whether or not he white fangs her, like he's not leaving town. I do think it's looking bad for him. Into, like, I do think it's looking like he's going to wimp out. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's it's hard. If he doesn't do it right away, like I think he will still try to like white fang her a little bit. But also like they just learned about this. So there is potential that there are some other options that they don't know about. I think he might wimp out and be like, well, we might still have some options and like try to get around it. I think it is a little unfair of Stefan to suggest that he immediately go to Elena and say, forget about me. I think that's a little unfair given they just learned about this about two days ago. Whether or not Damon White fangs her, I don't think is an ethically black or white situation. Ideally, he would, but it's also like he just learned today he had to do this. Now you expect him to just go straight and do it. Like, 
it's more complex than the Charlotte one. The Charlotte yeah. one, he's clearly taking advantage of her. He's making her count every brick in New Orleans. Yeah, and he doesn't want her. This one, it's a little trickier because he does like her and he wasn't purposely taking advantage of her. And he doesn't want to like discount all her feelings because mm-hmm. she has them. Yeah, he was happy to discount Charlotte's feelings. Yeah, because he was like, you're just sired. It's okay. So, yeah, sorry, Charlotte. <laughs> but so I think it's like this spot where like Dame has been being put in a really rough spot. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, you can tell your friends and give us five stars rating review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. So until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.